interesting. The fuck did I do to you, dude? <laughs> I gotta fucking see that shit on my fucking Days television. Murders of a sermon to us. Christ on a fucking cracker. What the fuck kind of sins am I making up for that I committed in a past life? Was I fucking Mussolini? The seven Jesus. deadly sins. Mary and Joseph. You know, some people they hear the story of Pandora's box and they're like, oh, and the only thing left was hope, which is also kind of ridiculous because it wasn't a box, it was a jar. But um the one so thing it was left, open. One the one thing left that behind everything else that finally floated away was hope after all those evils and griefs. You know, people are like, oh my God, that's so lovely. I'm like, oh yeah. Or it could be the last fucking curse of the gods. You know what can make everything even worse? Hope. Uh, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. What good <laughs> is hell without dreaming of heaven? Yeah, the gaming. sweet <laughs> is never quite as sweet without the bitter, huh, kids? Kids! <laughs> Kids, today we're going to talk about the inevitability of death and the number three. So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with... My God, man! I can't read all of these! So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. Hey everybody, I'm Powerful Brandon, and this is Comic Paradox, the podcast in which we discuss alternate reality tales and takes such as Elseworlds from DC, What Ifs by Marvel, and all kinds of other stories from different publishers and creators. Uh, joining me as ever, two fine fellows, uh, we'll start off with Mr. Leo Pond. Say hi to everybody, Leo. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. <laughs> hi, everybody. <laughs> and... Uh, Next up, last but certainly not fourth, <laughs> Justin Cooper. Say hi, Justin. It's a pleasure to be third. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know I'm wanted. 
<laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> the blue thing connected to my wristwatch. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, baby. I've done this hundreds of times, so I'm bound to get it right sooner or later. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, tonight we are going to be uh, discussing the book Wanted by Mark Miller uh, and J.G. Jones. Uh, it was published through Top Cow Publications, uh, an imprint started by Mark Silvestri after he left Image Comics. Uh, this is uh, an interesting take on some comic tropes and in, in pastiche ideas. Uh, it's ultra violent. I mean, Mark Miller's middle name, especially at this point in time, should have. I mean, his first name. We should have just referred to him as Edge Lord Miller. Um, <laughs> honestly, it, it, I mean, wow, yeah, but kind of true. It's so. true. I mean, l- listen, I'm, I'm going to say right at the top. Um, rereading this after numerous years since it first came out, um, you're like, oh. Yeah, there's stuff in there that I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can see why this like kind of appealed a bit more to a much younger, a much younger me. And uh as as a, a gentleman now in his uh 40s, early 40s, mind you, but 40s, uh <laughs> seeing it, I'm like, okay, some of this is just flat out like shocking for the sake of shocking it's it's simply shock value and there's a fair amount of repetition in how we're presented wesley uh as as the story gets through um but overall the the concept and the character designs and some of the fight scenes and stuff are really fucking good uh when the plot really gets going i that's when i feel the book um, is its strongest altogether uh, instead of just sort of meandering around Wesley and, you know, this new world, you know, this this new thing that he's become aware of. You know, he is he's taken the pill and he's out of the Matrix. That, that's not this story, by the way. Breaking the Bad before Breaking Bad, too. Yeah. Um, but it's um, one thing for sure that is. 100% evident, and I think you guys can agree with me, is in reading this, you can see exactly how much Mark Miller knows and loves all of the Silver Age characters that all of this is pulled from. I mean, he clearly... You have to know something very well in order to make a sort of expansion upon it uh, and not have it just be an out-and-out joke or parody. And... I think he he very deftly does that with how this story is told. Uh, this is still fairly early on in a lot of the stuff that would become like Miller World. Uh, I believe this was even before Kick-Ass was done. Uh, and there's... I, I don't know. I mean, th- those are the, kind of the two big ones, right? There's that, yeah. this and uh, Kick-Ass, and then after that he's got Nemesis. And Well, this um, came out in 2005. Did uh, Kick-Ass come out? Uh, Once it came out in 2003. Not according to Wikipedia. And Wikipedia is all... Oh, sorry. If you take a look... Really? Yeah, really? Really? Because uh, I'm looking at fucking Wikipedia right now and it says 2003 and 2004 is part of Miller Did you just World. change it? 
So it's uh, it's 18, almost 19 years old, you know, depending on, on where it is. So it's like in, in terms of holding up, I agree with you, Brandon. The language is is jarring at this point because there's a lot of things that it's just like it's no longer in the vernacular. And yeah. it's incredibly representative of what it was at that time, if yeah. not even a couple years earlier. That is how people talked. That is how it, like that's the words that were spoken is what they're saying. So like if you were to look at this and say, hey, this is a cross section of something that happened in that time period, I'd say I believe it. Well, yeah. also, this is like two years after 9-11. So it everybody is. Yeah. was like, you know, fuck everything, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, kinda. There was there was an edge to everything, and you have to remember too. I mean, Mark Miller comes from a a very similar area as a lot of the most popular UK writers for something like Vertigo for years. I mean, Garth Ennis, Grant Morrison, Mark Miller they they are all scottish writers and they all have written some pretty crazy edgy ultra violent comic books over the courses of their over the course of their careers you know and and pushing the envelope pushing to the edge is sort of like part and parcel with what uk writers do and not in a bad way most of the time but as you were saying justin this is so much of its time it's sort yeah. of there's sort of like this very odd window from like 96 to probably 2006 like a 10-year stretch where um especially like vertigo was was definitely one of the biggest pushes for a lot of these these independent you know finite stories they pushed some pretty hardcore stuff uh yeah. pretty pretty a lot of it some you know a lot of it can be really great and heady um but you know for every you can go back and reread certain things made circa that time and they hold up and then you can reread certain things and they fall completely flat for like, for perspective he also wrote red sun superman elseworld's red sun the same year as this or at least it was released the same year as this so yeah which i mean they couldn't really be more different and exactly i, I agree <laughs> and once again once again red sun it it shows that he knows the character of superman absolutely and he understands the character of superman that's why if, if someone were to say to me like oh mark miller is going to write a superman book I would have zero issues with it because I do not think Mark Miller would come in and try to make an ultra violent, ballsy, edgy Superman. He knows exactly who that character is, what he means, and what he's supposed to represent to not the readers, but to the people of the world he inhabits. In uh, the world that wanted inhabits is so far removed from anything a superhero could ever possibly fucking imagine uh it it's baffling to to see what it is <laughs> we've that the bad guys have gotten away with over the course of like at, and how they did it <laughs> yeah at the point in time that this came out it would have been uh 18 years 
so yeah. We, Oddly uh, enough, we're exactly 18 years away from when it was released. Oh yeah, go figure. Huh. Yeah. 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 How, how can that be? Because the 90s was only what, like five years ago? So it seems like, right? I have some really <laughs> bad news about how time and numbers work for you, Leo. Oh. We'll talk <laughs> after the show. The key phrases for me. Time may work differently for me. Ah, yes, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Play with your abacus. <laughs> <laughs> it's an abacus on your phone. So a calculator? No, it's an abacus. Yeah, I bet there is an app for that. I need why to keep track I, of my pool game. <laughs> why why don't why don't I just use the calculator? Because you could have an abacus instead. So just make it harder on myself, <laughs> not unless you know how to use it. Do you have a sundial right? on that phone? We have a free 45-minute instructional video. <laughs> the app only costs $8.99. What a steal. <laughs> oh, uh, without ads, $9.99. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we, we start this off um, wanted being introduced to, uh, well... I don't want to say introduced per se. <laughs> we we are we are shown a, a woman uh, clearly getting ready to engage in uh, sexual relations with a dude, and uh, that's when we are informed by the dialogue box in the corner. This is my best friend having sex with my girlfriend over an IKEA table I picked up for a really good price. Uh, great start. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Is that is that uh, Roxy from Gen 13? <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I do take I do take issue with some of the stuff uh, regarding the girlfriend in this too, because uh, yeah, I, I will get to it. Um, but yeah, it, it just it just goes to show like how humdrum this dude's life is. You know, he's he's basically a milk toast, a wimp. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, also know, more importantly, is that the Lindman or is that the Ingo? At the table. <laughs> wow. Oh, Leo. Oh, man. Only Leo. <laughs> Good stuff. That is Lincolnberry Jam. <laughs> Cheap fucking Swedish tables. <laughs> She's really fucking taking her life into her own hands, putting all her fucking weight on that thing. Just saying. His, uh, um, his girlfriend is the first person that I noticed uh, resembled somebody, and I thought that she resembled Brittany Murphy. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't see they're, it there. But... Not so much here, but when you get a little bit further, like if, if you see it, you're like, oh, okay, maybe that is. So, very possible. I, I'll I'll keep an eye out. Uh, Which would have been so par for that time too. That was like the height of her popularity and before she had passed. So, yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just see like, oh, he he uh goes to have lunch with that same dude who's who's banging his girlfriend. And he's at an office and he's just a hypochondriac looking up, you know, diseases he think he might have. Uh, he has a, a female boss who happens to be uh, a black woman. Uh, and she's just giving him a ration of shit for no reason other than the fact that she can, cause he's a wimp. Um, and then he talks about, he orders a fancy schmancy salmon sourdough sandwich. Uh, and, then as he gets off the bus from work, he gets fucking picked on and shit called by uh, a bunch of, uh, I'm not going to say it, but a, a bunch of uh, like 
Mexican Americans, Mexican Americans, I guess. Um, and then, you know, just basically day to day, his life sucks. And we find out his name is Wesley Gibson and his dad walked out on his mom when he was 18 weeks old. And uh, he's like, yo, I guess he must have looked into my baby blue eyes and realized he fathered the most insignificant asshole of the 21st century. Um, and from there, we are we are thrust into uh, a loft, very expensive looking apartment uh, with uh, three gentlemen, two of whom are in uh, banana hammocks in a bed uh, with some apparatus and such. And uh, an older guy in an open robe and like boxer briefs with a video camera, and he's just mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, I, uh, I'm totally, I'm not gay. I just, I've done so many things with so many things that I just like to take a year off from banging chicks and watch guys get it on." <laughs> All right, sure. I mean, they, imagine being that desensitized to sex. It's uh, just you know. It's weird to say to anybody, hey, let me film you doing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, strange, weird motherfuckers. Uh, but then we see that the two guys, they're like, hey, what's going on with the light show? And that's when he realizes that somebody is aiming a sniper rifle at his head and he manages to duck while the two guys in there get blown to smithereens uh, by bullets. Not by yeah, not they by, do like not by, apart, not, by, not, 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 not by each other, is what I meant. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and that's when this guy grabs like two uh pistols out of a desk and he jumps out, still wearing his boxer briefs and robe. But he threw some boots on real quick that allow him to uh run along the side of the building, which I thought was really cool. Did you notice the boots? Oh yeah, I can't see up close. I didn't really notice them. Is it like the uh, seven league boots or something? No, they're. I think Leo's. Yeah, Sp- Spider Man. Yep, Spider Man. Oh, cool. Yeah, they they have the web design of Spider Man's costume, like just oh, like his boots would look. Okay. Only, only it's uh, if anything, it would look like Spider Man's boots in Spider Man Three, directed by Sam Raimi, after he gets the black suit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, like this, the technology is clearly based upon Spider-Man's walking on walls. Uh, and he chases after these guys who are, who are trying to take him out. The ones that killed the guys in his apartment. And, uh, he, he, he says to them, I'm the scariest super fuck who ever walked the earth. You assholes better explain <laughs> to me why you've been sent to kill the killer. Uh, so this is the killer, uh, as we've now found out. And uh, he straight up, you know, blows two of the guys away, shoots them like right through the skull. And uh, then the third guy, you know, he's like, you know, tell me who sent you. And he's like, oh, we're just the decoys, man. The motherfucking decoys. Game over, man. <laughs> and and uh, that's when the killer's like, what? And he gets shot through the back of the skull and like destroys the vast majority of his face. We, we see the silhouette of the rather gnarly exit wound. Uh, and that's when we see a funeral in the rain shot. Ala, like the comedian getting killed and, and watchman uh, and a bunch of folks uh, surrounding the casket. Uh, yeah. Some of, some of them are very clearly uh, otherworldly at the very least. 
we see a, a little blue impish guy, uh, sort of blue pointy hair, pointy ears rather, um, bushy white eyebrows and a very, very high forehead with uh, long bushy white hair. Sort of looks like a combination between Ganthet from uh, Guardians of the Universe uh, in like the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, and Miss, Mr. Mixius Spitlick from Superman Comics. And uh, they're, they're talking about, like, what the hell's going to go on because the killer was, like, loaded. Uh, and uh, he had, like, a little sidekick named The Fox. And, uh, you know, everyone's assuming that she's going to get his entire state. And uh, they're like, no, no, it turns out he uh, he was married for, like, 10 minutes <laughs> 25 years ago. Uh, and he had a kid, so we we got to find him because the mom died apparently, because we got to let him know that he is like the sole heir to like one of the baddest mofos who ever walked the earth. And uh, <clears throat> you know, we we see Wesley waking up, going through more shit. His girlfriend, like, just being a real piece of work, um, and you know getting shit from people in his neighborhood and people at work and uh he goes to pick up that same salmon sandwich that he likes to get every day and uh all of a sudden there's a woman with uh, yellow sunglasses who looks an awful lot like Halle Berry oh yeah yeah she does <laughs> and uh she's like oh you know you should uh cancel that order Jerry cuz my friend here ain't going to have time to masticate over this sourdough this afternoon and he's like what and she she turns to Wesley and she says, "Oh, didn't you hear? You got the rest of the day off, Wesley. Me and you got an appointment this afternoon, and the professor don't like to be kept standing around." And he's like, "Get your hands off me! How the hell do you know my name?" She's like, "Ooh, how uncharacteristically assertive, Wesley! You feeling brave with all these people around you? You think the fox is scared of a goddamn security camera?" And then she wastes everyone in yeah. the restaurant. Yeah, that was unexpected. I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> absolutely murders them with her guns she she just pulls them out from her fucking side holsters brandishing them with relish and blows everyone to kingdom come and uh wesley understandably re reacts with the well-placed jesus christ and you know she's like now get in the fucking car <laughs> i'm not going to be patient for much longer and he's like whoa okay you win, scary lady with scary tiny lady with the guns. And uh she uh she rides, she gets into the car and she's riding him, kind of telling him he, he needs to lighten up and you know, because he's freaking out, we're gonna go to jail, you're gonna go to jail, blah 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 blah. And she's like, No, as long as I'm wearing this pin, which she shows on her lapel, uh, or driving a car with these number plates, we can do whatever we want. You can shoot, kill, grape. Or destroy anyone you like now. Consequences are for the little people when you got a seat in the fraternity. And he's like, oh, this is a nightmare, man. It's a nightmare. And, uh, you know, she was like, well, the only difference between a dream and a nightmare is how big your balls are, bitch. <laughs> and uh, they show up at what looks like a, a garage, uh, like, an, uh, like a, an auto garage. Uh, I should say garage shop, an auto shop. And uh, then they they drop down, and they are underground at the actual lair of the professor. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
the fox is there uh explaining to him like you know your your dad was one of the greatest supervillains of all time and he's like what supervillains like batman movies and lame tv shows and she explains no supervillains is the metahuman criminal network who've been running organized crime on this planet since 1986 <laughs> and so he's like there's no such thing as supervillains <laughs> and uh that's when she introduces him to fuckwit the let me see what is it uh fuckwit's kind of a down syndrome copy of earth's first superhero wesley you got to ask him the opposite of what you want or you just don't understand. Uh, so that would be Bizarro. We are looking at the wanted uh, version of Bizarro. Yes. Yep. You didn't catch that, Leo? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not at all. See, the thing is, Reed Richards and his friends, they, <laughs> they cut the fence and because the shielding the cosmic and then it plummets <laughs> Doc, dr doom <laughs> <laughs> field dooms mole vengeance. man and julius what that's good more than more than friends a team family not just four but the fantastic four now um <laughs> You guys, you guys know. Uh, I don't know if we we had talked about this, um, but who is Wesley? Uh, based oh, Eminem. He, like he, without a doubt. With, yeah. No, he one hundred percent is like Eminem. Like I was honestly after Eight Mile a little disappointed that Eminem wasn't cast as Wesley in the movie, but after having seen the movie, I wish nobody had been cast in that movie. I mean, it it has its place, you know, in in yeah, the, at the, the grand... bottom of the fucking five dollar bin at Walmart. <laughs> well, that I mean, that is its place where it is, and it hangs out with, uh, you know, copies of other movies like Rango, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they, they made a I believe, the, I believe the French word for wanted is garbage. <laughs> That's the exact opposite of what I want. <laughs> <laughs> wanted the lies. <laughs> By whom? <laughs> by whom i say uh oh the, yes the wanted two never got made no i i mean the movie yeah. salt was kind of close yeah. but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well no i i was just bringing up the information for the movie to see who played oh. leslie uh, oh, so, yeah, james, james McAvoy. McAvoy. yeah and angelina jolie was fox yeah which once again like chris pratt was in it yeah, he yeah, played the friend played, in the beginning. There's yeah, a good meme about it. Like if you've seen Chris Pratt getting hit with the uh with the board and then the it says letters, F U on it. <laughs> yeah, the letters for fuck you fly off. And his teeth come out. Yeah. That's a joke about the time um Professor Xavier hit Star Lord. I have not heard that, but that's pretty good. Um but anyway, <laughs> back to this. Uh, yeah, so that fuckwit is an analog for Bizarro. Um, and we we come into the lab, and that's where uh, right before they step in, Wesley says, what the fuck do you mean, superhero? Are you telling me superheroes are real now, too? And uh, we see the professor, and he responds. He says, no, Wesley, not at all. Superheroes are no longer a concern, I'm happy to report. And uh, 
and we get a, a much closer look. He's like a, a smaller old guy, clearly a genius. Um, no, no fucking around there. I think he's sort of likely a, a combination of Lex Luthor and mm-hmm. Dr. Savannah. Yeah, I was thinking, or or maybe like the Tinkerer, or or something else like that from from Marvel, but definitely, definitely Luther. Yeah, um, I, I I got I got Luther Savannah vibes from this. If you look at pretty much everything that you see as a character in this, it's very DC, Absolutely. not Marvel, which is funny when they mention the ritual that they perform later, a little later in the series, because. You know, yada yada. Uh, uh, we'll get to it, but uh, because I was sticking with like those those DC analogs, the closest I could come up with was was a combination an amalgamation of Savan- Doctor Savannah from Shazam, from Captain Marvel, and mm-hmm. uh, and Lex Luthor. Uh, and this guy is super duper intelligent, and we know he you know he he his villain was the the superman archetype you know uh analog um he's even got the name uh alliteration like lex luthor you know solomon seltzer oh yeah of course 100 percent um and and there is something to the fact that like when he gets close like what we have right there next to the professor and wesley is like vibrant glowing green stuff in a humongous container (laughs) very indicative of kryptonite um but yeah so he's just uh he's he's like oh you know uh did fox tell you everything and he's like oh yeah well uh we take an oath when we join the fraternity so she won't have known a thing about everything that uh the killer has the the homes the cars the 50 million dollars in cash you're about to inherit to which Wesley's just like, what, man? How much? Yeah. And uh, he's like, it's the killer's estate. It seems he was so racked with guilt about walking out on you all those years ago that he left you every single penny he ever earned. And I'm just a multimillionaire? Like like that? He goes, well, no, not quite like that. Uh, there's some very specific conditions that you have to meet, and I can't give you anything unless you agree to him. And he's like, what are the conditions? And he's like, well, I guess he wants to compensate for all the effeminate affectations you've built up over the years from your neurotic single mother. He wants us to employ you for six months, lick you into shape, and essentially teach you how to be a man. Which, like, at this point, like, if you haven't figured it out, even, like, this far early into the comic, this is this is toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. Through. Like this is not steeped in testosterone. This is steeped in fucking poison. Like this is, this is like, like I said, the concept is, is great. The execution on some of the character designs and and what have you, they're great. The overall plot at the end, I, I really enjoy, but there's a lot of it that is just, you know, sometimes subtlety can be your friend, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, not everything has to be super in your face to the max, you know, to the extreme. It, it does read very nineties, you know? 
Yeah, which is saying something because it was 2003. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the fact that it took off like it did was kind of funny. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that was the that was the appetite at the time. But I mean, also Mark Mark Miller, you know, he was he was uh, getting some flame, getting some fire. Uh, when did he do? When did he do uh, X Men? Jeez, uh, I don't, I don't remember, but I know he did. Um, oh, Old Man Logan. After this. Wait, no. Did he, uh, did he, Ultimate X Men two thousand one. Yeah, oh, so that was right before this. Yeah. So I mean, you th- you think he he started off everything for yeah the or the Ultimates. I mean, he did the Ultimates with with Brian Hitch, and that was yeah that was a year before this came out. You know, so everybody was talking about Mark Miller and Brian Hitch because of how incredible the Ultimates was. Um, there's a reason why that became like an anchor for the MCU and how it was formed. Um, but even with that, I mean, the whole thing is like Mark Miller took the Avengers and gave him an edge and here it's really coming in and sort of, uh, squadron supreming it, watchmaning it a bit in so far as like he would have really loved to use the characters as they appear in DC comics, but there's no way DC comics would ever let him do that. And so he came up with, I'm not saying he approached them, but obviously like in his head, these, these are actually like, you know, Clayface and the Joker or two face and and Mm -hmm. Lex Luthor, you know? Uh, And for anybody that is familiar with any of those comics, it it, it becomes very clear. Uh, But so much of it is just that kind of gross ass machismo. You know, it's sort of like the exact opposite of why the last man by Brian cave on, which is ironic because it's lauded by him on the way in, you know, he, he I does know. the whole thing, which is so funny too, because I always thought with Brian cave on, it's like, wow, you write women characters so well, you know, and, Millar, it's like, wow, you write male characters so poorly. Yeah. <laughs> or Miller. Well, you know, it's like... Yeah, I mean, he, I mean. <laughs> and I loved 1985. I thought that was so cool. But it's Listen, just like. There's a, there's a lot that he's done that I really, I think is, has been done very well. This is one of his very early ones, you know. Uh, yeah. He did it before Kick-Ass. And, and you can see a through line between this and Kick-Ass. Like, it, it, there's a lot of that same, like. It could exist in the same universe, you know. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just like a lot of the same kind of themes of like, oh, this, you know, wimp, and you know, he's kind of a, he's kind of a pushover, and then this crazy shit happens, and all of a sudden he's like the biggest badass that you've ever seen. The the other problem that I ran into is that when you see what Kirkman did with Invincible, you kind of want Invincible. And, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, when does he get his powers and where's Omni-Man? I'm like, oh, that's not this. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and by it's not the way, boys, you know, and it's not invincible. And it's kind of like, all right, well, I kind of want those. So. With the with the the killer, the illustration of, of the character, his father. Um, did you guys think that he looked familiar at all? That's absolutely Tommy Lee Jones. 
I agree. But also, and this is the fucking part that like is is knocking futz to me, is in certain angles, not Tommy Lee Jones, but Harvey Keitel. Oh, okay. Yeah, it goes between the two. Uh, I've noticed it. You know, I remember when I reread it. I was like, oh my god, I remember thinking this like before when I read it. You know. Yeah, if depending on the panel and the angle, he can either be Tommy Lee Jones or Harvey Keitel. Quite frankly, I would dig Harvey Keitel a lot more in the role of the killer. I agree. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Sure, I actually, uh, for me, I get a little keen. Who? Keaton. Without Keaton? the without the mustache, maybe yeah. a little like older, but I don't know. I, it, I don't see that at all. It's the got more of a Charles is... Bronson look to it. Yeah, I was gonna say that right there is more Charles Bronson, like Death Wish. The broad nose. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that. It's right the there. eyebrows. It's the eyebrows that I can see Leo though. Yeah. But yeah, like that. But yeah, I mean, JG Jones is fantastic. Like, like that's that's one thing that we we haven't even talked about. Like the art here, like. If you read DC's 52, the covers were done by J.G. Jones. And I mean, it's it's the fact that he's doing an entire interior on this. He also, he also did uh, the covers for Why Last Man, I believe. You know, um, those. Really? Yeah, yeah, he was doing those. So it's like, you know, he's no stranger to, you know, being, you know, on the cusp of, of like a huge breakout at the beginning of this book. And he would go on and, and um, do the... Uh, I think he did the artwork for the Batwoman series, like the the Kate Kane series. Oh yeah, that. that does sound familiar. Yeah, he he um, he got very sick at one point. I think he actually recovered from being very ill, um, and that's why there's a gap and why he was doing stuff and all that. But um, oh. I mean, his art here is really good, and it's it's kind of like reminiscent of like Tony Harris from uh, Starman or um, uh, Ex Machina. So another uh, Vertigo book and all that. So it's it's really like very oh, detailed to the point where you can recognize the face on someone who it's like, oh, this is a celebrity. You know, it's good. Yeah. Ex Machina is another excellent Brian K. Vaughn Such book. Good book. That, I mean, he doesn't have misses. And, and I even read his web series that he has going right now. You know, um, I've just been stockpiling saga since it started back up because i just want to sit down and read a shitload of it at once i i just i just read the trades you know when, when i get a trade i'm like okay it's time for number 15 great i'm gonna read that then i'll get the support one. i'm supporting it on a monthly basis that's how much i care about this book like, wow okay yeah <laughs> you know it's like he he flat out said like we plan 108 issues and we're taking a break after the first 54 that's exactly what they did they came back and now they're going straight through until they finish it up with, with 108. That was right and, before the uh the paper shortage and all that stuff, like in, mm-hmm. in COVID too. So it was like, all right, stop, you know, they have a yeah. little extra time. Uh what and, what book did you say again? Saga. 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 It's ah. 
phenomenal, Leo. It is the greatest space epic story of all time. I fucking love it. And God help the asshole in Hollywood that thinks that they can <laughs> adapt that shit into like three two hour movies. I will yeah, they're I gonna will. they're gonna cancel it after two episodes. The last uh, episode will be called Weird Al is Dead. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh dude, fucking dagger through my heart. Yeah. That was actually it, it ended up being a really good show, and I I I appreciate that they Paper Girls was good too, man. I never saw it. I so I, I can't it was good. It it was one of those things, it's like this is so undeserved. Like, just tell us what happens. Yeah. But you know what, you know what was terrible and still got made and given a huge budget and, and all kinds of marketing? The fucking movie based on this, which was an absolute piece of dog <laughs> shit. <laughs> That's now available in IMAX. Fucking <laughs> I can find the same thing available on my back lawn when my dog goes outside before bed. <laughs> It, it is funny, too, because it's like you get into the whole thing. It's like they talk about like bullet shaping and, and like uh, like uh, shooting somebody curving a bullet like around a corner and stuff like that. And it's like so different. It's like, yeah, there's some elements of this book in that movie, but there's really not much at all. You know, it's especially yeah. reading this again. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Yeah, this has nothing to do with that bullet curving crap. Oh, dude, you have no idea how absolutely like heartbroken I was when I left that movie theater that day. Like, I didn't read a whole lot about the movie. I didn't want to, you know what I mean? I didn't want to spoil myself. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I knew that it pr probably wouldn't be one to one. But what I got was just so far removed from what the story was i'm like you guys took like one tiny element of this and just probably made... this scene is all they took <laughs> yeah really yeah because much like they did in the movie they almost completely lifted the scene um they toss wesley the professor toss tosses wesley a gun and says uh you know you're gonna prove that you have, you know, the same talent your father did. It runs in your blood. Uh, shoot the wings off the fucking flies. <laughs> and he's like, what? And uh, they count it down because uh, the professor forces Fox to put a gun, tells Fox to put a gun directly at Wesley's head. Or And if he doesn't shoot, then she's going to blow his head off. And so just at the last second, he, he just shoots quickly at all the flies there uh in you know pure adrenaline and he manages to shoot the wings off of like all six of the flies that were buzzing around and uh from there they proceed to help him out oh i'm sorry he goes back to his life and he's like what the fuck did all that mean and uh he finally he goes to work he wakes up next to his girlfriend who he doesn't really like and knows doesn't like him and he calls Fox while he's at the office, and she's like, oh, I'll help you out, but you need to stand up right now and quit by throwing your hands up in the air and saying, fuck you to everybody. And so uh, that's what he does, and walks out of the office. Fox is already there to pick him up, and they proceed with his training. And first up, good old-fashioned corpse shooting, because <laughs> who, doesn't, who doesn't love shooting up a, a fucking dead body? I think the Crypt Keeper's there. <laughs> Hello, boys and ghouls. 
And I, and I think that, I don't know if that's uh, Nixon, you know, or, or uh, Ford, or who is that? I am not a crook. <laughs> Do you so, like nachos? <laughs> try, try not to trip on your way to the target practice, jerk. Um, he was he was famously clumsy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see, kids, Gerald Ford was the president. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, so they, they have him shooting a bunch of corpses. So he gets used to seeing the sight of flesh splintering and bone flying. That's a that's a quote. Uh, and then they have him spend 14 hours, uh, spend 14 days in a slaughterhouse. Uh, to get him as numb and desensitized as your average eight-year-old. Uh, so jab at video games and movies and television. Uh, and then, I don't uh, disagree with his methodology here. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah, like, yeah. He's probably <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I agree with his assessment. Uh, and then... Uh, you know, he says he's a vegetarian and a card-carrying member of Greenpeace. and a We know he's not a vegetarian, by the way, because he ate a salmon sandwich, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, there's always he, some kind of loophole. Did he eat it or did he just order it? Oh, that's, oh, that's even worse if he didn't eat it. <laughs> that's a good point. Because he ordered it just to appear different. That is a good point. I never considered that. Points to Leo. Welcome to who's right, Mr. anyway, <laughs> where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Leo, 500 points. <laughs> you know what? 700. He's going to read felt, the credits tonight, isn't just he? I, just because I felt like adding 200. <laughs> uh, just totally off topic. If you get a chance to see them live, holy shit, is it awesome. Oh, see I bet who, that's good. Oh, oh yeah. Who's like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. see you. We, we're talking about a band? Right now, what the actually, fuck is with, happening? They're touring right now with Drew Carey. Really? That yeah. makes sense. Oh wow. Uh but and yeah. Joel Murray. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh but yeah, then uh from from spending his time in the slaughterhouse, he spends uh the mornings working out in the afternoons getting worked over uh by quote the biggest bastard I've ever laid eyes on. And worked over means him tied to a chair, immobile, and getting punched in the face and what have you repeatedly by a large man. Uh, and that's how they're trying to get him over his fear of being punched and hit. Uh, and he, he got a broken jaw and lost four teeth and three broken ribs. And uh, he also kept count. He's personally killed 12,817 farm animals. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot, but you know, cows like to talk shit. So things are fucking close. <laughs> That's what you get for talking shit, moo bags. Um, and uh, then week five, while getting worked over, they finally take the handcuffs off. And uh, the guy come goes to come at Wesley. I don't know that he knows the handcuffs were off. And uh, Wesley just grabs the chair, breaks it, and takes the leg that has splintered off and immediately stabs the dude through the skull from underneath his chin through his neck. Uh so he won that fight. So that's nice. Um, and they say, Oh, how do you feel? And uh in in true edgelord fashion, like I just fucked Marilyn Monroe without a condom. Eh, okay, man. 
like now or in the 60s? Because I feel like there's a big <laughs> difference. He's I, like, I, it is true. It's a lot like eating Pringles in the sense. It's really, it's really important <laughs> to me that you specify in what era you say you fucked Marilyn Monroe, Wesley. I just, I need to know. You need to specify right now. No, I'm not telling you what I think one way or the other. Just give me an answer right now. What what era? The 60s? Oh, thank God. Okay. All right. Okay. Like, we're fucked up here in the fraternity. We're not quite that fucked up. I don't know, man. Mr. Know, Mr. 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 Rickus. Yeah. I don't fuck goats. Uh, I make love to them. <laughs> he did say that. Yeah. By, by the way, for his uh, desensitization, uh, they didn't mention he played Mike Tyson's punch out uh, <laughs> to learn to fight, you know, stick and move. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's nerdier, the, the pun, which I appreciate, or the fact that you went to Mike Tyson's punch out instead of like any other boxing thing well no because that's the <laughs> like rocky doesn't exist or you've never heard of muhammad ali well yeah but in in the video game that's the recommendation they just that's what max is stick yeah. and move stick, stick and, move. and move stick and move float out of, like a butterfly sting like a bee rope-a-dope what's a rope-a-dope what <laughs> are you quoting digstown Mm, no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know James Woods, Lewis Gossett Jr. <laughs> oh my God! I... Fight nine guys in one fight, or they kill him. <laughs> ooh, 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 okay. Ropadope is. Uh... <laughs> oh man, never mind. So uh, yeah. Um, anyway, Wesley uh, then brings up. Uh, brings his training out into the field uh just goes and posts up in like a high you know skyscraper and uh just starts sniping randos on the street and uh then after that uh he went after people who pissed him off as a kid uh you know guy who lives across the street from him uh kicked his ass for touching his car once and a girl who said no when he asked her out to a movie. Uh, a shithead from science class that ruined his best sweater with his stupid fountain pen refill. You know, it's like I mean, there's the list goes on. And this is my uh, least favorite part of the book, by the way. Yeah, that pr that prick from Big Brother, that country and western asshole, my bank manager, my landlord, the Hispanic guy in the record store with the attitude. And then the last part, I'm not going to say in it, it fucking. Yeah, don't even. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's not it's not great. Um, and he's he's uh, throwing a fucking like uh, room heat like a heater <laughs> into a woman's bathtub that she's soaking in, just murdering her because. Uh, and he's standing there with a very uh, alienish creature looking dude. Who's wearing a trench coat? The, uh, the sucker. That sucker, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. always got a uh, cigar. I think cigar, yeah, and um, sucker is uh, a parasite analog, uh, yeah, the Superman the... villain parasite. Yep. And uh, you know he he Wesley is just still going on about oh I was such a wimp and now I'm such a badass and look at all these people I can fuck up now that I always 
you know, fucking hated and blah, 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 blah. It's kind of that uh, incel fantasy, you know, with like. Oh, the... that's exactly what it is, dude. This, this is purely masturbatory, you know, and, and like the funny thing is, I remember enjoying this comic. I wasn't like over the moon about it. I think I was for me personally, I think I was blinded more by the the analog part of it than like the sort of edgy shit if that makes any sense like i i really i really got off on the alternate reality aspect if if you catch my dress like i mean it's also really good looking artwork so oh, it's, it's like I, I can't i can't blame you it's like it's definitely like when you look at it through this lens you're like oh wow oh oh okay you know it's yeah. like maybe i could you know not read this too you know it's like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'm like, just gonna oh, you skim know. ahead past the racist stuff okay i'm just gonna yeah. skim ahead past the misogynist stuff. Uh, oh yeah at the end That's gonna... oh, okay. okay so there's five pages of this i was able to read without any issue fan uh but you know he goes in and murders all the fucking guys who used to talk shit as he was walking off the bus every day after work uh, and then he just goes and breaks up with his girlfriend by telling her he's joined a secret fraternity of super criminals. And yeah, uh, th that was that was funny too because it's like, why after everything did he just leave her as she was? You know, like he clearly freaked her out with what he said. You know, I think it all comes to the the power part of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's it, it's still all about control, and and for him, all the times that she said shit to him and he didn't know whether to believe it or not he's leaving her with this and he's like let her fucking figure it out it's not my goddamn problem and, you know it's it it's weird but i think it's uh also a little bit of in addition to that maybe a little bit of his humanity remained you know like he he wasn't quite as dead inside as he and he wanted to believe even at that point mm -hmm. and that's not to say he's a, a character with redeeming qualities past this point far from it they actually make it very hard for me at any rate to really root oh, yeah. for him or anybody else it's only until rictus comes in like once rictus comes in that i'm like oh, okay that guy sucks <laughs> you know like now i know who i'm really supposed to hate in this story uh, but yes, he, he, Wesley leaves his girlfriend and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to fucking bounce. We, you know, we, we fuck like old people once a month. And that's if you're not banging like, you know, 10 of 10 of the dudes from my office, for like for the past year or whatever. Uh, and he, his, he's just like, you know, fuck you. It's, it's that simple. And, uh, then he shoots the little old man with glasses and a scally cap that sits on the stoop outside of his building every day. Tells him it's never going to happen, you know. Cheer up, Wesley. It might never happen, kiddo. And, well, pop goes the weasel, you old mofo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then Wesley walks out of the street. He's like, fuck everybody. And uh, he goes Limp Biscuit to... plays in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. Those Ed Hardy shirts aren't gonna buy themselves. <laughs> yeah. Is that an affliction t-shirt? I think it is. <laughs> did they have a uh, hot topic back then? Here, oh yeah, uh, they did. That existed we, in the nineties. So 
uh, here we we see that the that the initiation induction ceremony is taking place uh, at the New York headquarters. Uh, pay, did you notice the flag? No, that doesn't like, remind you. Uh, the for for me it's like the um, uh, Masons. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's definitely supposed to look like a fraternal order kind of thing i mean has the the one eye but um the legion of doom headquarters oh okay yeah you guys didn't catch that no i didn't notice it until this read through i never caught it before to to get a lot of uh good zoom ups when you're reading these things digitally you know unless you're like looking for something to do it you just kind of glance by you're like oh okay you know, like is, you said, with the boots, I, I wouldn't have noticed the boots either. This is what it looks like here for me. I, It's like, it's pretty big, but whatever. <laughs> I'm just glad that I could put it up yeah. to you guys. No, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very reminiscent. Um, it, it's, a, it's a clever enough, like, quote, redesign that you know you can say oh it's a completely different thing but if you know that other thing like yeah it's obvious that's that i mean they're the legion of doom that's yeah that's I what mean, this whole like, thing is look you've got metallo you've got bizarro you've got There's mr freeze uh, mr. there freeze killer croc poison uh, ivy hyena amazo like pretty spot on not even Cheetah. trying to hide a tomato amazo cheetah's yeah, cheetah. right right there i mean it poison ivy um goat guy one of the one of the uh, that looks oh, like brainiac be, yeah oh fuck you dude oh that blows a hole in my theory oh that sucks ghost rider did you say ghost rider yeah no that's yeah. probably atomic skull that look at next to brainiac yep ah uh-huh. deathstroke deathstroke fuck then william dude. shakespeare behind him <laughs> 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 he's got the collar you know maybe scarecrow behind uh the fox grant morrison <laughs> yeah grant morrison is <laughs> grant morrison <laughs> oh, i'm here shit. for the fashion <laughs> oh yeah you said this was amazing right yeah it's like spot yeah. on amazing yeah that's true yeah right there in front of uh the forefront of where poison ivy the nightshade deadly nightshade is her name but poison ivy analog um no shit that fucking sucks. Okay, I had a theory that the killer was actually maybe Deathstroke. I had a feeling. Should I say who I think it is? Yeah. Okay. I I think it's Dick Grayson. Really? Yeah. Because look at like the whole. Well, I mean, when when we get into it, there's like the whole like parentage uh, sort of thing, you know, where it's like that. Like you see how he dresses, like what character would he be that does this and has those sort of acrobatic skills and he doesn't really have powers, but I well, mean, I was thinking Marvel wise he's close to either daredevil or Spider-Man. Yeah. But it just doesn't line up with how all of the other analogs are straight DC. That's um, why I was saying Dick Grayson, yeah. you know, but here's the thing. It couldn't be Dick Grayson. No, it, it couldn't. Because of something that happens later in the series. No, I, I get that. And I don't think it's an exact, but th- that was well, the one. I was going to say, why not Tim Drake? 
It could be. It, it very well could be. It could be Damien, you know. But this mm. was this was probably before Damien, I think. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, but uh, I th- I think it's funny though that they mention uh, the professor leads the ceremony over the burning embers of an old Marvel comic. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's an old Marvel comic, but like I said, all of these analogs are are well, actually. That might not even necessarily supposed to be Ghost Rider. That could be the Atomic Skull. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I thought it was. Atomic oh, skull. I, I missed that. I missed that. I'm sorry. I mean, you, know, you could also say Blight, you know, with like anything else like that. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Atomic Skull. He was pretty popular on uh, Justice League uh, yeah. International or Justice League uh, Unlimited. I wonder who the dude with horns here is supposed to be. Eh. A Trigon? couldn't i couldn't be yeah, honestly but uh yeah so they're all there in costume god it's uh <laughs> and in wesley makes mention of the fact that they're only allowed to wear their their costumes in in the headquarters in that place not out in public uh which he regrets because he's like damn it i look i look fucking amazing in this <laughs> like they had, to, they had to get his dad's old costume like fitted for him and what have you and he's just like if i was chocolate i swear i'd eat myself right now smooth and silky baby and uh yeah they they just have like a whole big congratulations wesley and you know everyone's like hey good job kid welcome welcome to the club you know you're in you're in the know now kiddo (laughs) dream big and uh then uh, we uh make the acquaintance of uh mr rictus a man who's got fucking a really bad skin condition. <laughs> yeah. A lot of his, a lot of his skin is very burnt and pulled back. Uh, he's missing a large chunk of the front of his face around his mouth and, and jaw. So it looks as though he is consistently in a full rictus grin. Hence the name, Mr. Rictus. Uh, we find out that this happened uh, because he was a, a, an upstanding citizen, God fearing man who was unfortunately caught in an industrial waste accident and while on the table he died momentarily and when he came back he saw that everything he'd been living his life in accordance with meant nothing because at the end there was no god there was no hell there was only nothing so if nothing was what was waiting for us then nothing truly mattered and he completely lost his moral compass and became an absolute monster uh i think he's a decent combination of the joker and two-face yep he is frightening like uh they did a good job establishing that this character was the big bad oh yeah even though he's not but still (laughs) he's horrifying yeah in in such an interesting take on a design of the joker like if you thought it would it's terrible to see like the musculature of a face just like stuck in a grin, like with Jack Nicholson's reconstructive surgery in Batman 89, or just the idea of, of like uh Joker gas forcing people into that fucking, that, that grin and they laugh themselves to death. This shit is like the stuff nightmares are made of. And he, and he looks like uh the shadow King. He does. But it, it, but he's he just like looks like such a gnarly, 
human being. Like he went through some fucking horrid, horrid shit. It, 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 it's it's fucking rough. You could like his nose. You could tell like they did their best to bring it to a human nose ish shape. Yeah. You know, like it's it's fucking bad. I, and, I wonder uh, he, if this if this predates like a lot of the usage of Black Mask too, because I I think of Black Mask as like an absolute monster, just based on like the the stuff that he did with like the Catwoman comics and all that. So mm-hmm. it it's just like wow, that guy is awful, you know, Roman Sionis and all that. So yeah. I, I wonder if there's any aspects of the character that was influenced by Black Mask. Have, he's definitely I, mainly Joker. I'd have to look into it, uh, but I mean, I definitely get the two face thing from the fact that like he was an upstanding citizen, a good mm-hmm. man. Yep. And then this industrial accident happens. It's like, it's combining the two ideas of Harvey Dent and, and the man who would become the Joker, like the red hood, if you want to say. It's kind of like yeah. a amalgam comic in, in like a sense, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can dig on that. And uh, we see uh, just behind, Mr. Rictus tending to him is his bodyguard, uh, shithead, <laughs> who is uh, the Clayface. <laughs> the uh, he's the, the, the Golgothan clay- from uh, Dogma, yeah, yeah. basically. Ooh, a little bit. He, he's a little Chet. bit. He's Chet, he's Chet from, from Weird Science. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, he is the Clayface analog. Uh, it is said that he is, he's made from the excrement of 666 of the absolute most vile people to have ever lived. Um, and he can make himself as hard as constipation or as, or as soft and liquid as diarrhea. And he can potentially even make himself look like other people. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, <laughs> It's a really shitty clay face. <laughs> yeah. I he's actually one of the things I really enjoyed about this book. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like, I are was, you serious? It's actually one of the most impressive uh toe-to-toes in, in the book, honestly, because it's so it's creative and it it's more than just uh point point bang bang. Um but yeah, we we see Mr. Richter showing up and he is clearly not welcome. Uh, considering the professor's first words out of his mouth are, what are you doing here? Uh, and he's he's just clearly like dipping his toe in to see the temperature and, and see what kind of trouble he can potentially kick up. Like you get that menacing, m- somewhat mirthful, mostly menacing air to what he's doing. And, uh, you know, Wesley's just like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> the fuck's like, shut the fuck up. That dude will fuck you sideways, and I'm not joking. He will literally do it. <laughs> like, do you like your hip the way it is? Then shut the fuck up. And uh yeah, like Rictus explains, like, oh, your dad used to work with me. Uh, and then he decided he wanted a compassionate transfer to come here in, in, in the States. Uh, they split up the the planet amongst the the five big like villains the heads uh and as we hear it uh just after rick just leaves he's like you know hey blah 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 just let you know i'm a dickhead and i exist so be on the lookout for that (laughs) i think that's mostly to us the reader but you know still um and 
after mouthing off, he makes his egress and uh, the professor explains like, oh yeah, he's one of the five that split the world and uh, he got stuck with Australia and he's still apparently really pissed about it. <laughs> and, you know, we, uh, we see them move on and Wesley kind of talks with the professor and he's like, you think he killed my dad? And he's like, oh yeah, more than likely. <laughs> That's probably who did it no no doubt about it in my mind and uh then he explains that rictus and the killer fought against the same superhero many years ago teaming up to beat him in the crisis over new york but loyalty is such a fragile thing in this profession mr rictus was slighted by your father's betrayal and he doesn't strike me as a man who might easily forgive uh, and he's like, did New York really have its own superhero? He's like, oh, everywhere had a superhero. Almost every major city in America had one by the end of the 1970s. Europe, too. He's like, what happened? Uh, it wasn't a specific incident. The supervillains just got tired of getting beaten all the time. And so we started scheming in our prison cells and secret headquarters. We just devised a plan unlike anything we'd ever tried before. What was that? We started to work as a team. <laughs> And that's when we find out, like, and when you think about it for DC and Marvel, it does make sense, uh, you know, especially someone like Batman, you know, uh, or the flash. Uh, it's not just the, did it, you know, he, yeah. he used the entire Arkham asylum, asylum. breaking out to yep. wear him down to the point where he wasn't facing him, you know, head on, you know, at full strength. And then yeah. he broke his back. So and, did they get the van with the slash? They're working as a team. Ah, another AT reference. I love it. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> I love it when a plan comes together. It's a real and, BA uh, fracas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the professor explains that. Um, what was it? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, shit. I, I thought he said it here. Yeah, not just the 10 or 12 supervillains that made up each of these road galleries and such, but the hundreds and thousands of super criminals all across the planet. Individually, we'd always failed to make much impact, but as an army, I hypothesized we'd be pretty much unbeatable. And uh, they mentioned that, like, I, I, I could have sworn it was here, but there was something like, three to five super villains for every one superhero so like this stable from which they could create an army was far larger than the amount of superheroes available to to fight against them mm -hmm. um and yeah he explains to to wesley that uh there was a huge battle in 1986 it took it lasted three months and a lot of people died uh, and by the middle of August, there wasn't a superhero that was left standing from one end of the globe to the other. And uh, Wesley asks, you know, if that's true, why isn't it in the history books? And that's when the professor explains, ah, but it wasn't just enough to beat them, Wesley. We had to strip them of their memories and make sure that even their greatest fans didn't remember them. Such science might seem comical in this new world that we've molded for you. But believe me when I say that reality itself can be rewritten if we desire it, boy. Seven-dimensional imps and alien supercomputers are among our, among our ranks, you know. There's really nothing we can't do if we always stand united. <laughs> and uh, then he goes on to say, 
Now your father's old nemesis is just a camp podgy joke who signs autographs for money. The warrior princess is a menopausal drunk who thinks she was a TV personality. And as for my own arch foe, well, according to the newspapers, he needs someone to help him defecate now and spends his long, dull days staring into space, trying to remember where it all went wrong. And uh, the older guy they show is in a wheelchair with like a tube going up to his neck, obviously helping him breathe with an oxygen tank on his on the back of his wheelchair. And uh, his his head is slumped down and he's got a spit curl and very classic Superman jaw and profile. Uh, it's very much supposed to imply that Christopher Reeve actually was Superman, especially at oh, that point yeah. in time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew this was Superman. I didn't make that connection, though. Yeah, uh, the the fact that he's paralyzed and and you know all that stuff like that that particular drawing. I mean, they weren't. I don't think they were trying to be disrespectful. I really don't. But it lines right up with everything else they said. I mean, your father. Well, you said nemesis, Ford, So <laughs> yeah, the, your father's old nemesis is just a camp podgy joke who signs autographs for money. I mean, the killer's nemesis was clearly Batman, and he's talking about Adam West. The warrior princess is a menopausal drunk who thinks she was a TV personality. I don't know that Linda Carter was a drunk or anything like that, but he's clearly talking about Linda Carter as Wonder Woman from the show in the 70s. And then we have, you know, Superman from the 70s, um, which Christopher Reeve most assuredly would have been Superman in the public's mind in 1986. Oh, actually, uh, yeah, Linda Carter uh, says her drinking was a gradual problem that began slowly taking control of her life. For five years, Carter was married to a business manager, Ron Samuels. 1982, their marriage had begun to fall apart, mainly due to her alcoholism. Well, whip out the Crayolas and color me tickled pink. I had no idea. Neither did I. Well, thanks, Mark Miller's Wanted, for this insight. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, good for her. I'm glad that she she eventually, honestly, I, I'm not, I'm, I am being sincere. Good for her that she was able to get the help she needed and stop. That shit, addiction of any kind, it's no joke. And alcoholism is tricky. It's, it's very, very tricky. You know, you can't, there's no marker for it. You know, like, it, sometimes you just don't know that, it'll happen until that very first drink, you know, that's, that's game over. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we, we get that little explanation and then the professor is just like, you know, people kind of half remember things and, and, you know, comic books are approximations of all their exploits, but you know, who even reads them anymore? Wink, wink. Cause we're mm -hmm. reading a comic book gang. That will not it's, be the last one that he does. <laughs> kids, this is a comic. Anyway, uh, and then uh, he, the professor turns to Wesley and says, can you keep a secret, Wesley? Which I'm like, I've seen enough after school specials to know this leads nowhere good. But Wesley's still just like, okay, professor, I can keep a secret. <laughs> it doesn't sound great on, if, you, if, you, if you say it like it's an ABC after school special. And he shows him he opens this big vaulted chamber and in this uh glass containment unit 
hung from like a very mechanical suspension device is a very tattered looking piece of red cloth which is clearly supposed to be superman's cape yep and um it's interesting because they allude to the idea that when he was defeated in this war in 1986 that's where the imagery for what dan jurgens did in superman 75 came from like that half remembered dream kind of thing uh the professor says they didn't want any clues left behind you see but i couldn't resist it when i saw it saw this little prize not when i saw it hanging there like a torn flag fluttering in the wind that is a very iconic part of the overall iconic image of superman's dying in lois lane's arms in superman number 75 mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> wesley even says jesus christ is that what i think it is he's like yes wesley that's exactly what you think it is yes that that right there superman 75 oh what a cover the death of superman but not for long Tune in three months from now, kids, when Superman comes back. As a blue imp. <laughs> fuck. Did Barry Allen go back in time and fuck with the timeline again? I swear to God. <laughs> this, Damn is it, how we, this is how we get blue-skinned electric Superman. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> or red-skinned electric Superman. Or both. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> That's it. Get me David Goyer on the phone. <laughs> all right uh so they they move on from that and uh we we move on see that they're pulling a heist in an alternate reality um the professor sent them out to uh where it's a reality where they still have their heroes they're uh just 20 years ahead of our timeline and uh they they go and obtain this parcel that the professor sent them to get and they bring it back and uh he opens it up and he says you know the last time i laid eyes on this creation 1963 and the first trans-dimensional team up between the super criminals of two parallel worlds so it's like sort of like earth two ish you know yeah i think the Justice, I think, the Injustice Gang. No, I think more in line with like Jay Garrick Earth Two than Crime Syndicate Earth Two. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, like Justice Society Earth Two kind of kind of deal. Uh, and <laughs> then he says, "Don't let Fuckwood get any closer, boys. This is the same radiation that crippled the fellow I cloned him from. We don't want our backwards friend getting hurt now, do we?" and uh <laughs> it's uh it's it's pretty funny you they you see that it's glowing green when the professor opens the box like near his face and he's like oh you know this will hurt fuck with because he has the same cells so i was like oh it's it's kryptonite all right we get it uh and they move along and you know wesley gives uh doll man oh doll what the fuck is it doll maker toy toy man yeah, it's it's Toy Man, basically, but Dollmaker, um, who creates these uh, sort of my buddy esque dolls that are also murder machines. 
<laughs> yep. And uh, he's bringing him back home to his wife and kids. Uh, the uh, the doll maker that is. He's having Wesley come in. And he's like, listen, I need you to explain that you we were at a fucking business thing this whole time. I don't think you quite understand. Like, one day in that place was three weeks here. So she thinks I've been on like a three week conference. Uh, so back my ass up. And uh, she just doesn't believe him. She thinks he's having an affair, which is pretty funny because she looks like uh, Rosie Perez, quite That's frankly. That's exactly who I read this as. And I'm like, oh, this is the second uh, allusion to Spike Lee in this. Yeah, and he looks like Lane Smith, the guy that played Jonathan Kent and Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Ew. <laughs> correct. That is the correct reaction, <laughs> sir. What was wrong um, with Lois and Clark? Lane, Lane, nothing. Nothing was wrong with Lois and Clark. Leo, did, did I miss something? Yeah, I, I, I was talking about a specific actor in, oh. in Lois. And you Clark. see, there's these four friends that go in this rocket. <laughs> and... <laughs> see, and when they get into space, the shielding. It, it's just the cosmic rays, and then all right, <laughs> enough of that palaver. Um, so, so, so something with the actor that I, yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was just saying, like he looks like the guy that played Jonathan Kent in Lois and Clark, the new, which is almost verbatim what I said initially. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I omitted this time was the actor's name, but yeah, I, I I'm glad that I could reiterate it, and we're all kind of on the same page now, I guess. Well, n- uh, never, mind. never mind. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to. No, 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 no. Uh, my mind went was like, was there something bad in the news about him that I missed? Or oh no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying this podgy older gentleman here looks like the podgy older gentleman who was playing Jonathan Kent in Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman, whereas his wife, whom he has two kids with, looks like Rosie Perez. Good for you, dude. Like, I I mean, high five. And and not only that, like, she loves him so much, she's fucking mad because she thinks he's actually cheating on her. What? I mean, okay, sure, I guess. I mean, for every handsome guy or beautiful girl out there, I mean, there's a, 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 a girl or a guy that's sick of putting up with their shit. So... That's human nature, I suppose. Yep. She's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But have you heard her snore? No. (laughs) (laughs) He's so handsome. Yes, but his feet smell horribly. Like (laughs) this, you know, it's it's the things over time. Familiarity can breed contempt. You know, that's that's all that's really the, the bare bones of that one. Uh but yeah, so they're doing their thing. Uh, what happened? Uh, do, 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 do. Wesley has to go. Um, oh, that's where he brings him up upstairs to talk to him. I think. Yeah, brings him upstairs to talk to him in in the uh, in his workspace uh, workshop slash attic, uh, and you know, and he's just uh, he's just explaining the situation how his wife thinks he's being unfaithful. Uh, and you know, Wesley's like, just tell her. He's like, oh yeah, let me tell my wife that I'm a fucking supervillain slash, you know, killer. 
uh, right after dinner. What is there a better time I should do it, Wesley? He's like, all right, I fucking get it, you old fuck. Point made. <laughs> and uh, then Wesley goes to uh, this big meeting uh, of a bunch of villains and such with the professor. He's all killer costumed out. And uh, I think this is where the five are getting together. The the heads. Yeah. Of the... And, and uh, Toy Man there was kind of planting a seed on how he thinks that the fox, uh, a.k.a. Catwoman. Oh, you know, yeah. Um, was the person that killed his dad. Yeah. She that she would she likely thought she had the most to gain and didn't account for the existence of Wesley. Um, but the fraternity is very, very, very good with their due diligence. And uh, yeah, so the the five get together and uh, it's their annual meeting, and we see the professor approach uh, uh, an older Asian man who I'm not quite sure who he's supposed to be. Like first thought is the Mandarin. That was my thought because he's called the Emperor. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't I can't be too sure. Um he could be Rajal Ghoul for all we fucking know. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. He could be. Um, because my thought was that Adam one was Vandal Savage. Yeah, that was that was definitely my thought. Um yeah, you know, I like that. I I'm I, I'm pretty sure that, that he is supposed to be uh he's supposed to be Rajal Ghoul. That makes the most sense actually. It's interesting too because with with Adam One they don't mess with him like you'd probably see like an Adam uh, or Vandal Savage, right? Where it's like they'd kill him and then he'd just like not die, you know, or something. Then they didn't go that route. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, although they do show him spending time with his aged son and grandson. His, yeah, yeah, his aged son and grandson who's like fucking 80, 90 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um which is definitely the kind of thing that Vandal Savage would go through. Probably has done more times than he can even honestly remember. Uh, but yeah, they sit down to have their little quorum and uh, they're talking about how things have been operating and how some things need to like be reinforced and you know, this, that, and the other thing. And Rictus has a bug up his ass and, uh, he really just wants to go public and cause terror and havoc and chaos anywhere and everywhere he can. And uh, apparently he pushes for this same vote every year to go public again. And uh, this year he feels like he has it. Uh, and it turns this out is so slick. It is, is very is slick. Such a slick oh, I, I, I do want to say um, when the professor gave uh What's his name again? The Emperor. The Emperor. He gives him the the box. Uh, the professor says to him, "Do you remember when we came up with this back in 1963? Do you remember how close his old sweet sweetheart came to actually getting it on him?" So the implication here is that it is a kryptonite condom. Yeah, yeah. They, they likely convinced her it wouldn't hurt him. It would be the only way he could safely have sex with her at all. And of course, she was like desperate to get it on him. <laughs> like, oh man, fucking clever. But yeah, um, Rictus is pushing for this, and uh, 
they they take a vote and it comes down uh two two and the one person who didn't vote was the emperor uh and you know rictus is like what are you gonna side with the lunatics now and uh that's when he responds like i don't know and rictus of course clearly thought that he had it in the bag that this dude was going to to join up and say we need to go public again and, and be actual fucking menaces to all of society and uh he he abstains wait we shouldn't say abstains he votes against it so they they're not going to go public and richter rick just leaves in a fucking huff which for somebody as absolutely psychopathic as him is bad news bears to say the least and uh <laughs> that's when wesley says to him on rictus's way out happy goat fucking mr rictus what what did you say to me nothing i don't fuck goats mr gibson i make love to them <laughs> <laughs> That was the funniest fucking line. Absolutely. And it's you look at his face and you're like, holy shit, he's afraid right then and there. Yeah. Like the fucked up thing is like in an R-rated version, straight up, like that is exactly the kind of exchange I would expect the Joker to have with somebody. And then melt their face off with an acid shot from a flower on his lapel. But uh yeah. Or oh, I think... something made with goat milk. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> he does love irony. Mm. Yeah, I like irony too. It keeps my shirt straightened. <laughs> uh, so there, Wesley and the professor are talking. He's like, "So the trophy I, I brought back from the parallel world—that's what you used to get the emperor back on side. You you tapped into a little shared history and got him all misty-eyed about the good old days. That was brilliant." <laughs> and the professor proceeds to tell him, "Like, oh, the trophy wouldn't have done it by itself, Wesley." But it was a potent combination with the angle I was sitting at and the subliminal code I was tapping with my fingers. Not to mention, of course, the cologne I was wearing, which I believe was a favorite of his late beloved father. <laughs> like, fucking smooth. Um, and the dude's just like solving Rubik's Cube after Rubik's Cube. There's a pile of them in the fucking car where they're driving, where they're being ridden. And, uh, Wesley decides to get out and uh, take a walk, and the professor is being driven by uh, Fuckwit, I think. Yeah, it's being driven around by Fuckwit in the front seat, in the driver's seat. And, uh, you know, he's just like, oh, hey, Fuckwit, uh, go down this way. He's like, oh, wait, no, because he turns down like kind of a dead end. He's like, I forgot. I forgot for a moment how you talk. Don't take a left there and don't go straight past that because it's just like bizarro speak. You got to talk backwards in order to get them to speak affirmatively. Uh, and that's when all of a sudden fuckwit turns around and he's just like, the old bird is in position, boys, ready whenever you are. And it's actually shithead who took fuckwit's form and he dives into the back seat with the professor and drowns him in literal shit going all the way up to the sunroof. And uh, <laughs> as soon as he gets out, he looks at the, the other supervillains waiting for him. And they go, so well, to which shithead responds death by dysentery. <laughs> so gross. What a way to go. Yeah, that is rough. 
That's that's really shitty. Oh, and that's when you restart the Oregon Trail. Yeah, uh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> the Oregon Trail's gotten rough nowadays. That is a bad neighborhood. Oh, and by the way, you know, with all the Rubik's Cube, that's another uh, cheesy cartoon from the 80s. You're right. The amazing Rubik's Cube. Yeah. I believe you. I sure. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was um, on, uh, I think, like right after Jackson 5. Okay, if you say so. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> I don't I don't remember any of those things either. I mean, I know the Jackson five. I just don't know about the cartoon. Um, yeah, there was a Jackson five cartoon. I think they did adventures. Jesus, of course they did. Why wouldn't they? Uh, so, yeah, we we see that the uh, the villains have now banded together. And obviously this is a coup being uh, initiated by Mr. Rictus. And uh, we come to the next issue, which is just uh Fox starts off explaining the first supervillains were completely naked. Uh, they were the bare ass syndicate and they would stroll up into banks and such buck ass naked and uh, no masks or anything, just hats on their head and their, their guns with shoes and socks. And uh, it's because no one could ever pay enough attention to their faces to give an accurate description to the cops. Uh, and what, and then as for the superheroes, would you want to get into a public brawl with a gang of these large naked men with their dicks swinging around? <laughs> and, uh, Wesley says, so what, what finished them off? And she goes, closed circuit television. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then a whole bunch more formed and uh, yeah, people like it just started escalating more and more. Like if a superhero could do this, then villains like all of a sudden popped up being able to do this. And uh, it was just a proliferation. And uh, let me see. <laughs> she complained about how the paper newspapers look boring now. Cause there's no like crazy dust ups between superheroes and supervillains in the, in the papers anymore. Um, and we find out that this is like pillow talk for the two of them. Uh, after Wesley left the professor's car, he just was taking a stroll and he happened along a police station and he walked in and just started killing everybody in there. All the, all the cops and probably prisoners locked in cells too. And uh, then he he came to uh, one woman who was left, and he just he left her there, and uh, didn't didn't hurt her, didn't shoot her, and he just burst into tears. And uh, you know, like I said, maybe that tiny spark of humanity is still somewhere very, very, very deep down in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she's like, ah, oh, you just hitting a wall. You know, it it happens. You gotta, you can't do this forever like you've been going hog wild and you're at a point now where like it's too much and now you kind of you know where your your ceiling is your limit now just bring it back down and re-regulate which in the grand scheme of things is actually like pretty solid advice like you can't fucking operate at that crazy insane level constantly like you'll you'll blow your own fucking brains out um 
but yeah, like you know, you can you can take your time. You don't have to kill and and maim and hurt constantly. Like just fucking relax. <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything. There's no need to be that angry all the time. Like you gang banging on bacon, like fucking chill out, man. Just just eat your breakfast, enjoy your Captain Crunch, watch some cartoons. It's your Wednesday. You earned it, pal. <laughs> and uh and Wesley flat out asks her if uh, she killed his father. And she was like, no, uh, I know they're all saying that, but you know, I wouldn't have killed him for all the money in the world. And uh, he was like, please, you, you kill someone for a nickel in their pocket. And she's like, not, not your father. Trust me. And uh, we see that some of those villains that took out the professor are on their way to uh do some gnarly shit in a van because they're the ah team apparently <laughs> and uh we see that that fuckwit is getting beat with a crowbar in like a basement like fight club somewhere and uh sucker the parasite analog uh he stole fuckwit's powers uh which he of course exposition filled right here uh, he he has his powers for the next 24 hours and fuckwit will not so he is he's just as soft as the rest of them and uh they're just beaten down on him uh we see the scarecrow analog um i can't remember what their name is but it looks like a symbiote uh, like a like a a green and black Spider-Man. It kind of remind me of that, yeah, like a Carnage mix. But uh, definitely Scarecrow, because the whole thing is yeah, based on... Yeah, the viruses on, and fear. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that thing, that person is uh, taking out Brain Box, the Brainiac analog. Uh, Rictus, of course, is watching over the whole thing with uh, Glee. And uh, Sucker uses his newly siphoned abilities to see the clear across the city and see the uh mixed mr mixes spitlick analog uh going up against a few of the villains and sucker just flies at super sonic speed and completely splits mr mixes spitlick in half like guts go flying it's pretty gross also i kind of want sausages now <laughs> <laughs> And then they've still been wailing on fuckwit, and then they have this guy Johnny Two Dicks come up. And Johnny, he's the ventriloquist. This he's the ventriloquist from Batman, one hundred percent. He took the words right out of my mouth. And uh, and his, his face is Steve Buscemi. Yeah, well, definitely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he the he has a second dick that's thirteen inches long and can talk and has a mind of its own and, and it's it a mobster <laughs> and it's a mobster and it bullies him it, it's it forces the guy to take the crowbar and be the one to deal the killing blows to fuck with and uh <laughs> just bonkers what a what a fucking crazy ass take on the ventriloquist yep um and then uh we have Oh, these dudes sneaking in on uh, Dollmaker's attic workshop. 
and uh rictus is there with them and uh you know he's what is it uh he says da, 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 da. you know doll is just kind of being very reasonable and uh you know just uh very very calm and even keeled and uh rick just even makes mention he says what a gentleman eh boys this man should be an inspiration to each and every one of you have you ever met a condemned soul with such gravitas and dignity and that's when the doll maker says uh, if i could just make a request before you uh do the dirty deed could i ask you to make make it quick and relatively clean looking my wife and i are my wife and children are out of the town you see and they'll be the first to find the body could you leave the face intact the girls are such sensitive souls you see and rick just then goes oh you don't have to tell us that right boys what are you talking about and then he very killing joke style throws down a bunch of Polaroids right in front of Dollmaker, which are clearly of his dead and mutilated wife and two children. And uh, Rictus is like, you want to see something dignified and classy now? And he just speaks into his little command module pod for the dolls and says, boys, I want you to kill these motherfuckers. And uh, all the, the, you know, it's like it's like my buddy dolls, but wearing the Umbrella Academy uniform. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy. <laughs> and uh, they they come at all of the villains there, and uh, yeah, we see that uh, they've turned. Uh, going on to the next page, uh, Wesley is now. Oh, and uh, he even has a little clown there. Oh yeah. yeah. Like with Wolverine claws. Wolverine claws. Yeah. Clown Vereine. Ben Vereen? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real zoobly zoo. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, the fraternity, because Rictus is running this coup now, uh, they've managed to turn everything around on Wesley. Uh, and they, uh, they're pinning a lot of shit on him. And even his ex-girlfriend is on the news. Like, he's so crazy. Like, he, I thought he was just rambling. But then they found his his friend's body all cut up in, in a dumpster. And it's like, all right. Well, if you guys see this guy out there on the streets, don't approach him. He, he'll, he'll, he'll murder you. He'll <laughs> murder the heck out of you. He might. <laughs> oh, boy. Will that heck be murdered out of you? And, uh... He's just standing there holding the vodka bottle like, what the fuck? Seeing this on the news. And that's when he turns around and sees uh, Shithead and several other gun-toting individuals uh, in his his living room. And uh, Fox is right up on the balcony with uh, a pistol. And uh, she's pointing it at, at Shithead. And he's like, you know, look at all of us. What, what are you, you going to do? I mean... This is six guns against one. You even try to pull that trigger and five other guns are going to empty the clips into your little ass. And uh, the phone rings very briefly, like cell phone on the table, and it's just enough of a distraction for Wesley to scream, Now! And she drops the gun straight down to Wesley, and he just goes full badass killer mode on all of them. He uh, He manages to take out the other five 
uh, villains that were there. And of course, Shithead is the only one left standing. And uh, we see that the person calling Wesley is the doll maker uh, as he hides in his bathroom from Rictus and the others there. Um, and he's, he's trying to probably let him know what's going on. Uh, and Wesley is trying to get info out of shithead in the meantime. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's like, you know, who killed my dad? He's like, I, I, I don't know. I really don't. I, I know it wasn't any of us, but we hated his guts, but Gibson getting taken down surprised us as much as you people. It just didn't make any sense unless Rictus was on the money and the professor was the one who set him up. So everybody thinks that somebody else did it at this point. Um, and that, that murder mystery really took a backseat yeah. hard in this entire story. Like there you was so forget why it's important. Yeah. You kind of, I kind of feel like that was a missed opportunity. There was so much more that like, if he had all this power and all this control, like it feels like that's one of the things he should have been doing. Like now that he, he knew he could do this, you know, he, he had the skills and talent that his father did and he had all these resources why is he not trying to figure out who killed his father? You know, um, I'm not saying he cared about his father per se, but like considering all of this happened because of who his father was, I mean, what, what, what's to stop him from, from doing it? I just, I don't know. Well, this whole thing takes place in what, three months, several months. Yeah. I thought they gave him a specific time frame. Six, six months, oh, six uh, months. Okay. Yeah. Well, they had six months to whip him into shape. Yeah, and then the last issue gets to the uh, the last trial within that six months. Yeah, and and he he gets everything. He gets the suit. He gets the inheritance and, and spoiler. all that. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. We fucking okay saw it happen, Leo. The, uh, it was the it was the hold he on. Doesn't it was officially the, have it yet. It's the <laughs> well, yeah. Now you're the one giving a spoiler, <laughs> dipshit. Oh. <sighs> kumbaya uh but yeah they they want info and uh you know doesn't seem like shithead's really giving it to them uh and you know he's he's just like come on man it had to have been the professor like they you know prof wasn't stupid man this that, and the other thing you know why else would your dad come over here like he already he already fucked mr rictus over like why wouldn't you do the same thing the professor like try to take his spot in the five uh, and then Fox shot shit like square in the chest. And he's like, ah, oh, you stupid bitch. You really think I can't regrow myself? <laughs> and he's like, you think one of your stupid ray guns is going to stop me? And that's when Wesley goes, no, but this should open wide, you smelly fuck. And he's brandishing a full bottle of bleach. Mm-hmm. And uh, we come back to Mr. Rictus at Dollmaker's house. It's uh, going up in flames. And there's a, a a, a father mother and child out on the sidewalk and uh the guy the father says oh my god we just heard the noise and oh my god are you guys okay has anybody called 911 and mr rictus shoots both the parents one in the head the mother in the head and the father through the chest and the other as they, they start walking away <laughs> and the the other villains go what about the kid and rictus responds leave him with any luck He'll spend the next 18 years training himself to avenge these idiots and give me someone interesting to fight when I'm an old man. 
Yikes. <laughs> yeah. The, the only thing that's missing is the pearls. Muy yeah. peligroso. Not a Zoro movie in sight, though. Not a, just, just saying. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, Rick just is all, all right, let's, let's do this thing. It's what we've been waiting for, babies. And uh, we come to uh, the next issue, which uh, starts off with shithead mostly melted in the bowl of a toilet with a bottle of bleach next to it and a bottle of liquid plumber. (laughs) And uh, the dialogue box is, this is the last guy who fucked with us. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, And we see this, uh, this Nazi dude who I guess is the one that got control of Europe. I'm not quite sure he's supposed to be my first future. Yeah. My first thought was pair Degaton. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably as good as as the next one. I mean, I I was thinking even Manchester Black. Uh, I think that's too recent. I think Manchester I Black's too Manchester recent. Manchester Black would have been, but e- either way, because Manchester like, Black was done. I mean, he came out with uh, Truth Just. What's so funny about Truth Justice in the American Way, which was definitely like the early odds. Fictional character. Uh, he was created by Joe Kelly and Doug Mank. Action Comics 775, March 2001. Introduced as an anti-hero, later became a supervillain. He could be. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Air Degaton is, is another good one because you've got the German Nazi sort of connection there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the future and Air Degaton, like, you know, he he's a time travel dude. You know, so uh, made his first appearance in All Star Comics, nineteen forty-seven. So, yep, I would I would say he's he's got to be paired Degaton. I, I mainly uh, know him from the uh, Booster Gold book. So that's fair. It's very fair. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's floating around looking at shit going down, I guess. Um, and they're just wait, they're trying to shut all the bridges down and trying to prevent Wesley from being able to get out of the city with the Fox. And uh, they're like, we got to make sure he doesn't run. And then we see uh, Wesley and the Fox up on a rooftop with a pretty impressive arsenal Yeah, between the two of them. Uh, and Wesley's just like, who's running asshole. Uh, they're going to bring the fight to them kids. And uh, here we see Adam one in his estate in uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and he is uh, watching his uh, son. He's he's very old and very sick, uh, and he just you know wants to spend his son's last moments with him. Uh, and he's he's told he has a call from Manhattan. Uh, he's like, oh, the professor, blah 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 blah. And they're like, no, it's uh, it's not. It's not the professor. It's uh, Mr. Rictus of the Australian family. And uh, you can actually see behind the sunglasses that he kind of goes a little wide-eyed. And he, he's just like, tell him I'm on my way. And uh, Rictus is like, I bet this is a surprise, isn't it? And uh, he's like, you can, that can only mean one thing. You must be thinking to yourself. And you'll be right. And 
you see that he's got the professor's body cooked and fucking prepped on a platter with an apple in its mouth and he is eating the professor for dinner like jesus fucking christ like that is that is beyond twisted um and uh you know he's he's just explaining like hey it's time that we uh come out of the shadows and uh live it up a little bit i want you i want you to see something all, all you guys in the five look at look at this and he walks out to a huge tank and uh he's still talking to them he says you remember that giant robot octopus the professor built to terrorize futuropolis the one he designed with a taste for human flesh well guess what we found lying in a closet and of course what death trap would be complete without a couple of superheroes tied up and teetering on the edge of oblivion <laughs> And uh, as we see two paunchy dudes in like their boxer shorts and tank tops from bed uh, with bags over their heads and chained by their wrists hanging from this this uh, device, this crane. Oh, look who we got in the background here. Phoenix? No, uh, no, um, uh, uh, reverse flash. Oh, oh, yeah. Yep. Professor Zoom. Yeah, that's true. But uh, that that would definitely be Phoenix, though, right? That's what I was thinking. It's like clearly Phoenix. It even has like the Phoenix on her shirt. Yeah, I mean that has to be. That's like one of the few Marvel ones straight up. But um, yeah, we see one of the guys like, please, you're making a terrible mistake here. There's no such thing as real life superheroes. We're just actors who played them in an old TV show. And we see the Emperor looking at the screen, going. The detective. <laughs> to which Rick just responds, and his old teen sidekick too, my oriental chum. Unfortunately, they don't remember who they are anymore, but that doesn't mean this still can't be fun. That doesn't mean they'll bleed any less. Would you care to do the honors, Puzzler? Who's clearly a Riddler analog. Mm -hmm. And uh, they... <laughs> they uh, get ready to lower them and they're like, please, for God's sake, somebody help us. And Rick just, just looks up at them and says, you were the scariest man alive one time. Can you believe that? The scariest man alive and all they'll remember you for is the corny jokes in those silly nylon tights. And then they just drop them into this giant tank with this giant robot octopus thing <laughs> Rick just, just goes holy two idiots getting eaten by an octopus <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then just blood all throughout the, the thing like how fucking nuts like he just dropped Adam West and Burt Ward <laughs> into a fucking vat to be destroyed by a robo octopus good times just crazy enough to almost be the 60s if it weren't so ultra-violent. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, Rick, this is showing he, he means business. And uh, at this point in New York, uh, Deadly Nightshade, the Poison Ivy analog, has just overrun you know, a, a good section of downtown uh, with, with plants and plant life. And uh, as she's standing there talking to the future, who's uh, set feet on the ground for a few, 
Uh, she catches a bullet to the dome piece right yep. before the future catches a bullet to the dome piece. Uh, so two down. And then we see uh, the fear scarecrow symbiote looking character get capped through the head. Yep. And um, they go ahead and uh, cut the 13 inch second sentient penis off of Johnny two dicks. Yep. And um, then Wesley is taking aim at something or someone. We don't know exactly what at that point and sucker bends the barrel right in front of him and is floating in midair above the uh, framework of the building that's being made that Wesley is in. And uh, that's when sucker starts, <laughs> starts doing the dumbest fucking thing a villain can ever do. Monologuing monologuing yep. in midair damn, damn right oh fuck you really think i'm stupid dickhead you really think i'm not going to hear a rifle getting cocked with these super ears i got right now for 24 hours i got every power fuck fuck what was packing and that means you two are fucking dog food man that nuclear bullet you had in there ain't much use now huh you still fuck with iq or something when you siphoned off his superpower sucker the fuck are you talking about bitch 24 hours was half up a half second ago and then he goes bastards and falls like fucking six stories to his death <laughs> what a dickhead so yeah there's that <laughs> I, you know with all the violence and everything I, i'm shocked they didn't show like him being splattered yeah yeah that's, i guess that's... it just wasn't as consequential as the others what a what a what a rare move in subtlety <laughs> yeah yeah um then we see them going into the like the shop looking place uh i do find it interesting we do have like another marvel type looking character here a couple of, well one of them at least um shocker right next to the delivery truck as they come in if you go around to the, like the second panel oh yeah yeah 100%. I mean, even give them like lightning type design going going down the middle. It's actually not a bad design overall. Um, but yeah, uh, it shows these two villains, I guess. I don't know who they're supposed to be, uh, but they're clearly being forced to be in the front seat of this delivery truck. <laughs> and they're looking through the x-ray and then all of a sudden like, what the fuck is that? And uh <laughs> Wesley and Fox just open fire through the side of the truck. He has a Gatling gun. She has a high-powered machine, automatic machine gun. And uh, they go down to the actual lair, and uh, that's when they, they they know it's it's fully on. Oh, that dude's probably like Black Manta on the page where they make it down to the lair. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Black Manta. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that dude there with the vest and fur is supposed to be sort of like a craven. Yeah, craven. This dude looks familiar. Drax. <laughs> yeah, and the other guy um, in the back reminds me of Deathblow a little bit. Deathblow, Deathblow. Yeah, know. he was a like a mercenary character from um, Wildstorm. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar. Yeah, uh, but yeah. 
Uh, I, oh. I believe you. Oh, 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 oh. Um, Black Bolt. No. Yeah, Captain Pike. No, no, but Black oh, Bolt's yeah, a good guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Black Bolt's a good guy. Uh, I mean, he did kill Cyclops. But he's, I mean, he's still, he's a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who hasn't wanted to kill Cyclops at one point or another? <laughs> I mean, sort I mean, of a rite a of loaded, passage. That's a loaded question right there. Yeah. And if you had a loaded gun, you'd probably use it to kill Cyclops. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, Wesley and Fox are just cutting their way down the alleys. And, oh, Scarlet Witch. Huh. Down the down the lane trying to get to the main cent like main, central portion of the lair. Uh, and they come up and are greeted by a uh, fucking gaggle of supervillains. A lot of supervillains. Very many supervillains. Numerous supervillains. Green Goblin, Scarlet Witch, Professor Zoom, Black Manta, Gorilla Grodd, Darkseid? I don't know who the dude... Oh, Kang? I think Kang, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know who the there's metal... hate monger in there with the H <clears throat> on the uh, the hood. Um. Oh, that's yeah. Terax. Terax. Oh. Oh, wait. Where? Which one? Uh, behind Scarlet Witch would be Terax. Oh, okay. With the yeah, that of course, yeah, with the axe, that makes perfect sense. Um. Interesting. Looks like Toad on the bottom in the uh, left-hand corner. Oh, yeah. That's, like I said, Green Goblin. Um, I, I'm still at a loss for who the green guy would be. I, I'm not quite sure. Anywho. Um, the green skull. <laughs> right. Uh, in... You know, Wesley Fox kind of jumps out of the way, and uh, Wesley just goes fucking bug nuts and murks everybody. And uh, the last person left standing all around him. Wait, you have to you have to read that panel with him and his mom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, okay. I am a wheezy, asthmatic mama's boy. I collected Ninja Turtle figures. Yes. I jerk off to music videos, comic no, books, uh, yes. and lingerie catalogs. I had a seven-figure Sonic high score. I don't do things like this. I watch other people do things like this on TV every night. I threw my first punch at the age of 24. I have never even played basketball. My mom died thinking I was gay. Oh, fuck. Kill the cocksucker from Fox. And uh, she, she. That's when Wesley just fucking lays waste. Yeah, it's like Max Payne bullet style at this point. <laughs> yeah, and um, he's just standing in a fucking large puddle of blood, and dead bodies surround him in a circle. Rictus is the only other opponent left standing, and it comes down. Wesley's thinking to himself, "Act tough, act tough, act tough." And he says to Rictus, I'll give you one shot. Rictus pulls the trigger. Blam, the bullet comes out. Wesley just takes his knife and 
catches the bullet at the exact right angle and is able to flick it right back in Rictus's direction and catch him right through the throat. And, uh, you know, that's all, that's all she pretty much wrote, you know, other than, you know, Wesley saying who killed my dad. And, uh, Rick DeSantis, Lee Harvey Oswald. (laughs) The last uh, laugh. (laughs) The last laugh. The killing joke. Who would have thought that Lee Harvey Oswald was the punchline? And uh, then Wesley uh, just uh, finishes him off with uh, the knife, I think. And um, that's when the killer is revealed. See, like right, right here in the splash that they show that the killer is right there greeting Wesley uh, and alive and well. If you go to the next page. Yeah. That's where I can see a little bit of Harvey Keitel in there too. Like I would, I would totally buy Tommy Lee Jones or Harvey Keitel. I, I see more Tommy Lee Jones. Don't get me wrong. But uh, and you know what? I only just noticed the skull shape of the yeah, smoke. In, in yeah, in the smoke. I only just noticed it. That detail passed me by. Jeez. And uh, yeah, so the killer is alive. So uh, plot twist, kids. Plot twist. And basically, we come through. Uh, you know, he's just hey, yeah, hey, I'm alive. Aren't you happy? And he's like, fuck you. And my dad's dead. My my dad being dead is the only reason I'm even fucking here. Is you want to you forget to do your homework or something, dickhead? <laughs> and uh, you know Wesley's like, no, shut up. She Fox is just like Wesley, and he he tells her to shut up and keep her gun trained on him. And she's like, no, no, that's uh, that's that's actually your dad, stupid. <laughs> and he's like, what? And uh, uh, just just real quick, um, looking at this again. And with this being a skull, do you think it's he's more of a Punisher? No, no. no. They had the Punisher in um, that was killed in in one of the other rooms. Okay. Like he had like a red thing on his on his chest. Gotcha. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And besides, like he has like sort of like um oh my god hyperkinesis. You know what I mean, like his reflexes are, are absolutely like superhuman, you know, it's, and that's why I was thinking like, kind of like death stroke, you know, sort of like the idea that was, I love the way Brad Meltzer like put it forth in, um, identity crisis. They say that death stroke has some mild, very mild superhuman ability. They say that he can move as fast as a flash for a split second. And when you move as fast as the flash for a split second, that's all the time you need to be that fast. And it actually shows him grab Barry Allen for that split second at super speed, like by the throw and just slam him face down to the fucking pavement. It's, it was impressive. Uh, but like stuff like that and how he's just like a highly trained killer and mercenary that all lines up with the same kind of thing as like the killer. Um, but yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he could still very much be that. And they just put that, that 
design in there for for the fuck of it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was just thinking because of the aesthetics. You know, yeah, from what exactly. But uh, I because I can't think of anybody else for me personally, especially like thinking DC for the most part, who the killer would would actually be analogous to. I mean, only but, really like Batman, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, really it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I suppose so. Um, minus the gun thing. But uh, yeah, at this point, you know, Wesley's dad is here and he's like, oh, yeah, um, I'll I'll let's go get something to eat and I'll explain everything to you. And honestly, like this is it's it the whole thing is revealed it's just not it's kind of a waste of of, of space honestly story-wise it's oh yeah a, like the, this whole thing about how he was actually like <laughs> a concerned father and stuff and yeah like oh you know uh, i mean i appreciated him telling him how he actually met his mother um you know it was, it was a place called the masquerade club and uh the supervillains used to party there and um they would go there and have crazy parties with all kinds of weird nutty sex and drugs that they may have gotten from like parallel universes and, and shit like that. Uh, and he met his mom there because she was with uh, the, uh, the avian, another supervillain. Uh, I, I would, I would think so. Um, Unless it's penguin, I suppose. Oh yeah. It could be penguin. He is pretty like rotund. He, yeah, I think you know what you might be right. Yeah. And yeah. mirror master behind and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Julie Newmar's Catwoman over there. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, and you know he they they have a key party and he manages to you know snag her and uh they kind of fell in love and then uh they got married and she got pregnant and then she started insisting that he stop being a villain and stop all this dangerous stuff and he knew that <clears throat> they had like big plans in place for what they were going to do and uh he just was like nah fuck that shit i'm out and he, he left and would come back and sneak up on Wesley while he was sleeping and pat his head and leave little teddy bears or whatever. <laughs> and then they had their big knockdown drag out three month war with the superheroes and proceeded to change history, change everyone's memory. And it's as if though it never happened. And uh, now his mom would only remember him as an airline pilot and not the supervillain, the killer. And yada, 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 like, oh, I saw you grow up. You were a fucking wimp. And, you know, uh, it was one of the most disappointing things in my life. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to fucking retire now. And I had to make sure that you weren't a fucking pussified, city-fied bitch. And uh, I had them take care of that for you. So uh, since I'm ready to retire, I, I want you to be the one to shoot me in the back of the skull. And I really, I mean, there's, I, I just summed that up beautifully. <laughs> like that, That's really where it comes down to. And, uh, you know, they're in the graveyard in front of 
the mother's grave who you know she was the woman he loved uh and that's where he he wants it to happen and uh wesley's like this is fucked up and he's like i love you i love you too so he's like no but i really love you dad and he's like so pull the fucking trigger and then he you know bye bye goes the original the, the og killer and uh then you know Wesley's just like, I don't know. I'm not interested in this shit anymore. You think this is how I want to live my life? You think this is how I want to die? I'd rather be a prick than an asshole any day of the week. And Fox says, well, what are you going to do? I don't know. Go find a job, I guess. If you guys really can really cover all this up, I might even go back and do my old one. <laughs> She's like, you really get that much appetite for eating shit? He's like, I learned you can't solve every problem with a bullet, Fox. What I did to Lisa wasn't any better than what I did to mom and what dad did to mom. And look at how that turned out. <laughs> She's like, oh, please don't tell me you're going back to that fat skank. She couldn't buy a pack of cigarettes without sucking somebody's cock, <laughs> which very reminiscent of boondock saints. <laughs> I can't buy a pack of smokes without running into nine guys. You fucked. <laughs> and, uh, 37 in a row, <laughs> 37 in a row. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. Hey, hey, Where are you, you going? get back <laughs> here. Uh, and then he's just like, she was still my girlfriend, man. And she's de- deserved a hell of a lot better than being ditched by some dickwad on an adolescent power trip. Then she says, wait a minute. You're fucking with me here, right? Like, of course I'm fucking with you. Now let's go see what $10 million looks like in real life, which I could have sworn it was $50 million it earlier was, yeah. in the series. Uh, and then it just comes down to oh they it's like the same thing from the end of the movie wanted it's like oh yeah you know you're such an asshole i speak from experience like why should why should you give a shit how my life works out you're killing yourself working 12 hour days getting getting fat on cheap takeout food and your girlfriend is almost certainly fucking other guys even this comic was just a 15 minute respite from how hard we're working you you know it's like all right you fucking it, it literally shows Somebody buying the comic book wanted, yep. like mocking, essentially mocking the very audience that has purchased this. In way to put it on the next to last page in the very in the penultimate panel, uh, and then we close on a splash of Wesley with a very angry, loud face. With the words "the end" very large underneath him, in the dialogue box says, "This is my face while I'm effing you in the A." And uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm just not saying the swears because it's fucking needlessly crude. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's a really there's there's such an interesting concept, and I think if it hadn't been so concerned with with being edgy through a large portion of it that would have left more space for character development and interaction that could have really led to something uh, far more iconic than what it ended up being. You know, it's uh, still, I, I will say it would be nice if this was given sort of a, the boys treatment insofar as having someone come in who really does love and appreciate the source material, but sees exactly where it could 
it could act it could genuinely use some improvement and and do execute that in in like show format i would love to see it done as like a, a like a, a mini series on, you, on you netflix especially right there. really good plot points um poor script i i don't want to say poor execution because the there's no problem at all with how it's drawn you know no and no it, it's beautifully rendered poignant, and, and it's like but it's like the script is problematic like a lot of the the phraseology and things that they use are outdated and all that and it's like not even just that but like the sentiment behind some of this stuff is oh, just like, like i don't in, feel like it comes from it, the right place you know? it's incel to the nth power oh I mean, yeah yeah it's, it's it, i mean that's it's where we really... came from as as like a, a culture and like we've moved away from that a lot thankfully so i mean it's <sighs> It borders on self-awareness. Like Mark Miller is a pretty, like, talented writer for, for the for the most part. And like I said, I know this is really early on, but like, he was, he was like very self-aware in this last exchange between Wesley and the Fox. Because I mean, he says like, "Oh, a dickwad on an adolescent power trip," like. Obviously, Wesley's talking out of the other side of his neck here, like trying mm -hmm. to, you know, trying to yank the fox's chain. But that's exactly what this whole thing was, was an adolescent power trip. You, you know, I, it, I understand that the initial concept came from Mark Miller's own, like, terror at believing what his brother said was true about the superheroes all being defeated and killed by the supervillains. But the other side of it, Wesley's side, um, it's, it really is just all like uber violent, nothing matters, video game esque yeah. type shit. And, uh, you know, like to a point that works, I feel like, if Wesley had hit that that police department scene considerably earlier in the series, they they you know didn't beat around the bush and give us like way too much on focusing on how he was he was just like a complete fucking pushover. I mean, there was a lot of time dedicated to that, and I think they 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 got the point across in the first like five pages of the very first book, they didn't need to revisit it. Yeah. Um, I I'm with on you the, on the first, like three pages of the second book. I mean, that's, they that's take an awful a long, lot. they take a long route to showing you that he's <laughs> pathetic and in every, every way that they do it and stuff like that. Um, and I mean, they, they use a lot of like, uh, you know, like the unwritten law of comic books. It's like, oh, well, he's a wimp. He's a vegetarian. It's like, oh, oh, okay. You know, it's like like the shorthand that they use. And, yeah. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, this isn't a hero's journey. So, you know, the expectation is that he learns something towards the end. What did he even learn? Nothing. Uh, no, you, nothing. you don't like nothing. this character. Like he's no. he's like a Deadpool sort of uh, caricature of of a. A character he's, he's just someone who's like all right this is this is you know your your entry point this is your everyman view of this you'd go this way too i'm like no i wouldn't you know it's like he's awful you know? oh <laughs> so, yeah yeah i mean he like i said until rictus comes along 
it, it really like you read it and it's like so i'm supposed to like am i supposed to like this dude because i mean this is this is all fucking reprehensible at at best like that is the nicest term one could apply yeah, to yeah, some yeah. of the things we've seen in 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 red here uh and then rick just shows up and and you are clearly driven to understand like oh this is the antagonist i don't want to say the bad guy but the antagonist for sure and we finally have someone to root against slash four because like we want to see wesley beat this guy but at the same time like wesley is pretty fucked up too uh and, and still once again saying it kindly uh there's there's no lesson none whatsoever every single person that we see here is irredeemable because they are all villains who have done horrific horrible vile stuff so it, it, that makes it hard it, you know and and i understand like they were probably trying to force sympathy for wesley to start with but it really did read like an incels manifesto it's like i said i've seen this done better probably a hundred times like the boys did it better um invincible did it better irredeemable had notes from this one you know um empire like there's there's so many other ones that i've seen where it's like okay great concept it's just it just wasn't there you know it's like all right i read this i i bought it on digital because i didn't own it it's like i i've read it you know i had it at the library when i last read it i think you know and it's um it's okay i mean for what it is i didn't i don't regret reading it for sure you know it's just um it's it's a bit jarring and stuff and it's like you do get a bit confused and you're like all right well am i rooting for the joker here like who (laughs) which way are we going like yeah i I I kind of wish it ended like barry did you know in a sense because it'd be like oh good now we're safe (laughs) i uh i honestly like i'm i'm glad that mark miller did it because at the very least like he got it out of his system (laughs) um that being said like it's not it's not the first time i've looked back on one of his earlier things that he he gained more like notoriety for uh and thought like yeah you know what i don't think i like this as much now at all as, as much as i thought it was okay at first and that one honestly is uh old man logan uh i i i dug it i bought the hardcover when it came out and uh i i read it you know not too too long ago again for the first time in a, in a while uh and it was uh it was not quite the same reading it. I was like, Oh, this is, had you recently watched the movie unforgiven? I had, I had not. Okay. Cause then like, it, you're like, Oh, Oh, hmm. it's kind of yeah. like that. But with like Hulk mutant babies. It's been yeah. I think I've only seen I've bits watched. and pieces. I've only seen while. bits and pieces yeah. of unforgiven. I, I, it's tend good movie, not to, man. Yeah. I tend not to gravitate towards Westerns. So, I, I remember really enjoying it, uh, but I think the last time I saw it was on VHS. It's sad. It's really sad, but you get really good performances. Morgan Freeman's in it. You know, um, I think uh, it's got some really good 
really good people. And if you liked, if you liked Tombstone, it came out around the same time yeah, as Tombstone. I love Tombstone. I so love like, Tombstone. Yeah, it, it's not Tombstone. Like it's no it's shit. Definitely I, yeah, a different, I got that. <laughs> it's a different vibe than Tombstone. So it's like, but it's filmed similarly, and it's like I I would recommend it, but it is dark, and is it, it is Maverick? Old Man Logan. No, that is a whole other thing. I love and, Maverick um, too. <laughs> I will say this about Maverick: it had excellent cinematography. That's it. That's all you got to say about it. Oh, That's all I'm going to say. I mean, they made they made cards, you know, like tops trading cards for Maverick, but that's about. Well, they I, even had a tie-in for the original TV show at the end. They did, yeah. Spoiler. Well, it wasn't even just the end. I mean, it was like his dad, yeah, <laughs> James right, Garner. Yeah. So. I I really I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. Fully, I was fully aware of the television show when it came out, and I was just like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I really like this flick. And you know, I, and I like I, I like I, uh, uh, having uh, Doc Ock himself <laughs> in it, uh, you know, as the uh, the heavy bad guy in Maverick. Oh, Doc Ock, yes. So yeah. my brain switched that to Doc Brown for some reason. I was oh, just yeah. like, hey, Marty, I'm going to steal your money. I don't think I've seen that cut of Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, they were after him in the future. They fought Marty, we've got to stop this riverboat poker game. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking the Doc, Mavericks. Doc from Tombstone. You know, will you be I don't know how they found me, but they found me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, different Doc. It's uh, Alfred yeah, Molina. Alfred Molina, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's right. Um but yeah, I mean, I I I I like the fact that as I got older and watched it again, that it had very clear hallmarks of of Richard Donner, the director. <laughs> yeah, it did. He um just no helicopters, which is a very much a Richard Donner thing. Well, he I mean he likes to use some some of the same people sometimes. Uh, Danny Glover had a cameo in it. I don't know if you realize that he was he was the bank oh, robber yeah. and he actually said I'm getting too over this shit. Uh, Margot Kidder had a cameo in it. She plays like one of the people, I don't know, in the wagon trail or something, the village. That was, some that shit. Was probably her last role, if that. 1996? <laughs> no. She was in Smallville well after that. Oh, she was. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Because she came in, she stepped in after Christopher Reeve passed away and couldn't play Dr. Virgil Swan anymore. I know a little bit more about Smallville than I'm proud to admit. Not because I not because I like obsessed over the show. It's just like I did watch it for a while and you have a tendency to, you know, hold on to certain like I mean it's noticeable if you're watching the show and you know anything about Superman, you like him like, oh Christopher Reeve's dead, how are they gonna cover that? Oh, they brought in Margot Kidder to be his like personal assistant or some shit. I can't remember. It wasn't very good. Actually, <laughs> uh her last um Movie was in 2019. Oh, so, oh, yeah. I mean, she had she had been passed by then. Yeah, 2018. You know, you know uh, her uh, her niece was the uh, evil villain, the green villain in uh, Discovery season three. Discovery of witches? No, uh, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, Star Trek. Okay. Yeah, Margot Kidder's niece. The I don't. Did you watch season three? Justin or no, 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 yeah, I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. I, um, I wouldn't care if you were, it's all right. I I, I'd get there when I got there. So I can't remember. I can't remember uh, the character's name, but uh, yeah, her, her, her niece, Janet Kidder. Yeah. Um, 
she was uh she was that green lady uh discovery oh yeah pirate yeah 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 osira i think that was her name yeah osira yeah i mean if you look at her you can kind of see like like her aunt uh a bit yeah i mean in this one photo for sure like it's actually uncanny uh here i'll let me open open well i i can i can share here so we don't lose the um well you look at her shivering what the hell are you doing (laughs) what the fuck is (laughs) sorry (laughs) oh yeah a little bit full drosty effect yeah i I was gonna say like i have a i have a picture picture right here like it's it's like 100 percent like there's a one that's a split between how she looks in makeup and and how she looks without she looks a bit like cecily strong or cecily strong looks like her i don't know who's older I, i think she is yeah, she looks a lot like her right there. Yeah. I'm telling you, I want to show you the photo I have. It's it's fucking unbelievable. Oh, go for it. I'm trying. I want to, but there you go. Somebody's somebody's fucking hogging up the share screen. Shit. That photo right there. Like, no way that woman's not related to Margot Kidder. And I actually think, especially right there, she's she's actually prettier than Margot Kidder was. I never quite understood the appeal of her as Lois Lane overall. I I agree. Yeah, I, I mean I like she I, I loved her in that movie with uh, Richard Pryor too. Superman 3? Uh, no, That's what I was just going to say. No, but she was in that movie with Richard Pryor, too. Uh, no, it's this one where he comes back from uh, from Vietnam, and uh, he ends up becoming a criminal. Jesus. That's yeah, pretty cool. So, in speaking of being a criminal, Wanted uh, just shows that if you uh, happen to be a supervillain in a world where the supervillains have managed to wipe out all superheroes and take over the entire planet, uh, if all conditions are met under those guidelines, crime does indeed pay. Yeah. I guess that's the lesson we learn as a reader. Yes. Yes. Or um, why waste your time on comic books? Get out there and live your life, right? Is that what you're trying to Why can't I do both? Yeah. Or or uh, get out of your job. They they recommend that at the end too. Or you're slaving away. Or uh, get get out of my dreams and into my car. <laughs> I kind of want to watch License to Drive now. Yeah, uh, I do too. <laughs> is that Heather Graham? It is. It is. Oh. It is Mercedes. Yeah. Oh man, Richard Mazur and Carol King. Carol King as the parents. No, no, I yeah, I'm I'm with She's you. Right in, has to drive backwards to get into the emergency room. Oh, those crazy kids and their crazy '80s comedies. And uh, anywho, so yeah, that's uh, that was wanted by Mark Miller, uh, one of the 
very first books that uh, he did under the label that would be that would come to be known as Miller World, uh, which he sold to Netflix for several million dollars uh, several years ago. So far, it's only yielded one project on Netflix, the one season and then canceled Jupiter's Legacy. Yep. Um, I'm sure many canceled shows to come. That, yes. That was actually a pretty good story. So it's, I, it's I really I really loved the comic and yeah. I didn't mind what they were doing with the show. It's just like nobody nobody checked it out apparently. And uh like me and Justin, they were like, Oh, these two guys and no one else. Or they so. didn't give it enough of a chance. You know? No, it's of, of course not. They they look at the amount of money that something costs to make, and before the last episode drops, they canceled that show. You know, it's like come yeah. on, man. It's like it just it it literally just premiered, and they're like, oh, we're not going to pick it up for season two. Don't like, get too attached, kids. We already canceled. You don't even get numbers yet. You it's know? not even Sunday. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, it, um, but Mark Miller, he, he uh, you know, early stuff like this and, and kick ass. He was doing some work with uh, with Marvel and uh, and DC, you know, nothing, nothing main title. Uh, he had done the authority for a while before this with Wildstorm. Uh, and that did lead to him doing the ultimates just before this. Um, so, I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff that was about to bring him a, a lot of uh attention and overall recognition uh we'll 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 be looking at some other stuff he's done uh and i think it'll be interesting uh especially this far removed from when these books initially came out uh how we can compare and contrast the overall uh storytelling and execution of, yeah. of plot and character uh, with some of the other ones, the one that I'd like to cover at some point soon is uh, Superior. It's uh, sort of a a take on the idea of Superman and Shazam kind of thing, uh, but with a twist. Um, it does get a little dark, but dark is not the same as edgy. Uh, it's it's from what I remember. I haven't I haven't read it in several years, but. I don't remember it being quite as uh, in your face as this and like kick ass were. So, but uh, yeah, that, that being said, uh, uh, I'm glad that you guys appreciated what could be appreciated from this book. Uh, I, I know, you know, yeah, no, absolutely. The, it's, it's the not perfect, but no, it is, it. it's definitely a book of his time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, at this point, like looking past the, you know, the 13 year old testosterone hormone driven shit, uh, it, it is fun, like seeing the different characters and the different designs and like checking it against your own like backlog of memories of these characters and trying to figure out who's who and what's what. Um, I was really proud of myself when I when I read it yesterday. Uh, and and I noticed that Legion of Doom thing. I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta make sure I, I gotta make sure I bring this up. This is good stuff. That's cool. Um, That's the uh, the the Super Friends Legion of Doom, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting concept. I feel like 
they uh, they didn't space the story out well. They didn't give precedence to characterization. Uh, but overall, if they were able to go back and do a director's cut and trim fat and redirect some of it, I'd I'd check it out. Yeah, because th- this could this could be this should have by all means been like a real blow them out of the water kind of book and instead it it really i think got lost in the shuffle a bit um because you guys hadn't read it before this right i read it years ago okay yeah it's it you know it's just it's one that most people just kind of know the movie and uh you know i think i think there's a really great comic book related story that can absolutely be distilled from what the totality of this was um it could be it could be much greater than the co- the current sum of its parts um i think but, the movie had the right idea about what to cut out though in in some aspects i mean they they got rid of a lot of the problematic stuff from there including the language Oh so, yeah, yeah. Like kudos it's, to them for doing that. But it's um, unfortunate because I feel as though they could have gotten away with the supervillains getting rid of the superheroes thing. Yep. If if it had not been made in like 2008 or yeah. 9 or whatever. Like right before Iron Man came out, you know, so it's like yeah. superheroes and movies. They, what are you talking about? <laughs> if they just held on for a few more years they they would have had so many more superhero movies in the zeitgeist that they could have made it the supervillains one and used more like analog pastiche type characters and people would have been able to like glom on it's like the same thing they do with the boys you know when did uh when did uh watchmen come out 2011 oh my god 2009 maybe was it okay so that was the year after jeez yeah, 2009. Oh, right on the money, wow. Brandon. Yeah, I mean, Watchmen is one we can look at at some point, too, because it's, it's way better movie than Watchmen. What's that? What'd you say? A way I better movie than Wanted. Oh, yeah, I mean, it is, but I mean, it's still not without its uh, its issues, I'll say. We should save that for our Watchmen <clears throat> special. Yeah. There we, we go. Who listens to the guys who look at the Watchmen? No, that's too long. <laughs> nope, that's not catchy. That's not gonna work. Uh, but yeah, let's uh let's let's wrap this up. Uh, thank you everyone for for listening to us talk about this and ramble on about a few other geeky things. Uh, thank you, and I'm sorry if it bothered you. Uh, but otherwise. Um, from here, Comics Paradox. This is this is powerful, Brandon. Uh, I I'd like to say, uh, you know, if you want to check me out on Instagram, just uh, you know, let me let me know by hit me up at this Brandon has powers or at Comics Paradox Podcast. Uh, and uh, aside from this, we have a couple of other shows that we'd love to tell you about. And uh, go ahead and take it away, Mister Cooper. Are, are we on Threads yet, or is that still a thing? It's still a thing, and I'm I'm barely, I've barely figured out how to use it 
on my personal account. So I'm not fucking around. With yeah, no, I get it. Be like, anything. check us out. Check out our account on X. No, please don't, because then another supervillain will win. But you can check out our show every other week called The Dork Knight, which is a show all about Batman, all things Batman, with uh, you know a fair amount of Superman in there too. You can check out um, my show, Epic Tales from the Sewers, right? A TMNT podcast, wherever your fine podcasts are sold. And Mr. Leo Pond, take yeah, us and, out. And you forgot, you know, uh, maybe we don't have to worry about X if Zuckerberg beats uh, Elon in the, in the fight that they're playing. Uh, but, now uh, that dream. is wanted. One can dream. Uh, but, the winner uh, fights Jake Paul. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, follow these awesome people for me. Just Google me. You'll find me uh, somewhere on the interwebs. I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. Head on over to thedorkening.com. You can learn more there. Uh, I do a bunch of other shows as well. Uh, Splash Pages, Still Token With, uh, and Midweek Geeks as well. A lot of awesome stuff. Uh, but more importantly, follow these two awesome dudes. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Good night.